Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny's Indiana Jones in Review. That's right. We are ranking, reviewing, and recapping every single movie in the Indiana <laughs> <Nicholas> Jones <laughs> universe. <laughs> of course, I'm Tim Indiana Jones, and I'm joined by the Nitro Rifle Andy Cortez. Hey, the new face of video games making a rare appearance on In Review. Blessing at AOA Jr. You mentioned that I was in the intro for the show. I didn't realize that I was the only one in the intro for the show. Well, that's the funny. It was you and Greg Miller. And when we were, uh, we got the screener invite for this, I was like, oh, crap, who do I need to invite? What do I got to do? I just assumed it was the normal cast, right? And then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, I'm going to look at the intro. Played the first, like, five seconds. I was like, oh, bless. I forgot he was on this. The reason we did this interview in the first place is because they announced uh, Indiana Jones video game back in 2021. And we were like, we've never seen these movies. Yep. So let's watch them for the yeah. first time. Um, but I forgot that Craig Miller was also in it, uh, and I didn't watch to the end of the intro where he does have a little appearance there, um, but uh, he wouldn't have been able to, to make the screener anyway, so we get this Motley crew, which is rounded out by the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Tim, I'm going to say something I rarely say. Mm. I don't think we should both wear the hat. Yeah? I, think it's, I think it's either all hats or one hat, and no, so you have a leather jacket as well. You're the hat bookends to this. I think you're doing mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I'm gonna Don't give, give it up. Tim. Oh, I'm gonna okay. give it to Tim. You're giving it, give it up. Oh, there you that's go. fair. There you go. That is fair. Wow. Um, of course, as everybody knows, bum. in review, each bum, bada bada bum, bada bum. Oh, a noise podcast. Greg Miller's rolling on So many things that could have gone wrong. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you almost kicked one of these screens. Yeah, that was that. When he pitched me that bit earlier, I did not think it was going to be as violent. That was, yeah. that was, that was, that was very violent. violent. That was powerful. There's going to be so many bruises on that, <laughs> on that pale white body. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that now I'm the one in the hat. You know what I mean? I, I, asked, like but, it. I love that before we even started this, I was like, Nick, should we both wear that or just one of us? And like, I like that now this ends in just me. And yeah, well, it was a redundancy. It's giving Pharrell and happy. You know what? Oh, I, yeah. I appreciate yeah. that, I guess. Um, the hat will not exist this entire show. I'm already getting a little hotter than I'd want to be. Um, Kev, I need you in there. I need you in there ASAP, all right? Because I need to let people know something. I need people to see something. Last night, uh, we got to go to this movie screening. Mm-hmm. We got to um, watch Indiana Jones. Uh, Andy and Nick did a little photo shoot in the, the front. And then eventually, we, we got the hats. Before you show this, before you bring it up, Kevin. Father and son. Um, I do just want to I want to put out there um, that they did a little trivia game in uh, like to hype up the audience. And like the winners got the hat. And there was a lot of fans in the audience as well. So people were really fervorous about getting yeah, this, oh yeah. this hat, right? And um, Nick did not participate in the the trivia nick just completely unsolicited <laughs> to the the host just like i really like your shirt like in the most nick way Wait, that was nick <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was a random per- i legitimately <laughs> legitimately i was like oh who's that annoying person in the audience <laughs> this guy, this and guy. i was like yeah and he threw nick a hat 
So then Nick Nick got to, to keep the hat. And then after the show, they, they they were like, do you want a hat? And I was like, yeah, no, what? Why not? Yeah. Sure. So now I have one yeah. too. But um, before that happened, it resulted in a amazing little press photo that uh, Andy and Nick took. Um, I'd like to look at that now, Kevin, if you can bring it up. There we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I see where we're at here, folks. I understand what's happening here. Thank you, Ben. Uh, please be excited. Yes. For- You're getting blocked on my Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting blocked. You look so happy. Didn't make too many changes to this, but there are a couple changes. But <laughs> I love this picture so much. <laughs> I hate you all. I hate you. Anyways, this is Kind of Funny's in review. Each and every week, we get together to rank, review, and recap different movie franchises. Um, you can get it on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or roosterteeth.com you could also get it on uh podcast services by searching for kind of funny in review and we'll be right there for you we've done pretty much every single week some entry in a major franchise the last couple months so you can go check all of those out and we're going to continue to do that as the weeks and months go on here uh if you want to get that uh ad free and watch live as we record them you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers james hastings casey andrew and nathan lamoth have done uh, today we're brought to you by Shady Rays, but I'll tell you about that later. Uh, we're talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. With a runtime of two hours and 34 minutes, it was released on June 30th, 2023, my birthday. Uh, it was directed by James Mangold. In 1985, Mangold secured a writer-director deal at Disney. He wrote a television movie, and he co-wrote the animated feature Oliver and Company. Mm. What's that you about? guys ever watch Oliver and Company? Nope. No. Is that about a little cat? It's a dog and a cat hanging out. Yeah. What do they Cute do? Little movie. They start a company. Play a piano for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They get into LLC. <laughs> they get into like taxes. Now, I don't know if you know this, Nick. I really hope that you don't know this because uh-huh. um, we're recording these interviews a little out of order. We already saw Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. So yeah. yesterday we actually recorded that interview that's going to go live next week for everybody to see. During that interview, we talked about a very specific thing a lot. Okay. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it today, Andy. And I don't think you expect where this is going. Oh, man. James Mangold, oh, director. Geez. Bless, do you know what we know him from? No. Okay. James Mangold directed Walk the Line, but also directed Ford v. Ferrari, The Wolverine, and arguably, most importantly, Logan. Logan. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? Now doing Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny. Nick, do you know what else he directed? Mm. No. Those, I mean, those would be the hits. What if I told you he directed Night and Day with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz? Wow, we were, what the f- Yep, makes a lot of a sense. A movie we talked about so much yesterday. All right, but- twice I brought it up. <laughs> twice. Isn't that twice, weird? Twice too many. <laughs> That's crazy, though. Yeah. That, wow. I mean, the, that universe, movie, the way the universe works. Yeah, he got better at directing. We'll just say well, that. Let's, <laughs> bless you. Let's just say that during Mission Impossible, we were talking, you know, Nick didn't really like the little car chase sequences mm-hmm. in the city. And it was like, you know what? It's because it reminds me of a movie called Night and Day with Cameron Diaz. And Tom Cruise. <laughs> and, and Tom Cruise. And now it's all coming full circle today. Yeah. That is so bizarre. Really weird. Bizarre. Really, really enough, weird. there's like a lot of bizarre connections between this movie and Mission Impossible. In you ways mean, that like. Hold on, hold on, guys. We have the exact same. They haven't seen yeah. it. They haven't seen it. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, so, music's done by John Williams. Literally the goat. We say the goat about a lot of people, but oh, wait. come on. Sorry, does this review come out before? Yes, it does. Okay, so mm. we yes, will not spoil Mission Impossible. Do not right spoil Mission Impossible. Thank you. That, yeah, yeah, you yeah, got to yeah, spell yeah. it out for me. I'm done. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, John Williams, the goat. Um, still, still, still making music for movies. Like, goddamn. Okay, look at, look at. Kids are going to be sitting 
right? Raising their kids four generations, five generations from now, right? All this, the, ben, little Ben is going to have great, great, great grandkids. And one of those great grandkids is going to go, have you heard of John McPot, the greatest music, musical composer of forever? And in, you're going to go like this, fuck you, kid. John Williams is the goat. He'll always be the goat. The man could die 3,000 years from now. He's the goat. He's the goat. He's the goat. Uh, and then the budget of this was $295 million, which I only know this because uh, we just recorded Mission Impossible yesterday, is more than Mission Impossible. So just something to keep huh. in mind there. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, all um, it was all aging. the aging, yeah. Uh, a lot. Uh, yeah. A lot of um, aging. So remember, this is a spoiler-filled review of Indiana Jones. We will not be spoiling Mission Impossible, but we will be spoiling Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny for you today. Bless, I want to start with you. What did you think of Indiana Jones 5? <sighs> oh, wow. Like, when you hit me up that I was on this in review, because I also forgot that I do Indiana <laughs> Jones in review. Right. I've never felt so regretful to saying yes to a thing because, you know, to give you a peek behind the curtain, for the Kind of Funny Next Gen podcast, we've been doing this Rotten Tomatoes um, uh, fantasy critic thing where, like, based on Rotten Tomatoes scores, we like whoever it's like the video game one where whoever gets the most points wins we draft a bunch of movies all that none of us drafted indiana jones but i have been paying more attention to ron tomatoes because of the the thing and so like i saw the indiana jones ron tomatoes and i was like okay cool a movie i'm not gonna watch and then tim hits me up and i'm like ah oh, shit all right here we go and it's at the day after we do mission impossible i'm like oh, okay i got two movies to watch back to back all right let's let's watch this indiana jones movie that sounds like it's possibly possibly the worst indiana jones movie for me the best thing i can say about this movie is that it is not the worst indiana jones movie it is a very fine very okay film i will even say that there are plenty of points in the movie that i was having a good time i was having fun i think it's a movie filled with a lot of flaws i think it's a movie that is boring in quite a few places i think it's a movie that maybe should not have done the de-aging thing because the de-aging was so aggressive and so uncanny to watch um but it wasn't terrible like, there were enough points and enough homages to what Indiana Jones is and a lot of, like, filling out his story as a character. And, like, a lot of that do we need? No. But they did it, and we got it. And I wasn't mad at a lot of it. So I'm coming out of this movie with fun time, but I don't think I'm ever going to watch this movie ever again. Andy? Uh, just, just spot on. Like, this is such an okay movie, and it... You know, I think initially when we hear about, you know, the um, the four-week-long standing ovation that occurred uh, when they showed off this movie, it was four, four months long? I think it was five months long. Five months, five long, months long, 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 standing ovation. Still happening, actually. They showed <laughs> it two months on. ago. Still going on somewhere. They got to keep feeding these people water. Uh, <laughs> um, you you kind of, like, say to yourself, oh, wow, like, this actually might be pretty decent. And then the initial reviews start coming out, start kind of bumming you out, and you go, oof man, this is not going to be a great ending for this franchise. Possibly this might be the worst movie this summer. Um, and I'm right there with Bless. I don't think this is a, a bad movie by any means. I don't think it's uh, a movie that I would necessarily recommend going to the theater to watch. I, it just felt completely okay. It was so serviceable. It, was like, it, it did action uh, decently enough. And then the third act hit and I and I and I loved the third act I left with a very good taste in my mouth because of what the third act did and it was really fun and inventive and like holy shit I can't believe this is happening um but aside from that I agree with bless kind of boring in a lot of spots I wish we had more of the 
uncharted national treasure sort of you know i i really enjoyed the parts where they're in this big uh temple and they oh uh, they love water displacement do the water displacement thing mm-hmm. and like i love solving problems like that and kind of watching these characters in real time use their skills to uh move forward through these puzzle rooms but yeah it was just kind of boring for most of it unfortunately and i feel like i wish we had more I wish we had more Mads Mikkelsen in a more evil way. I feel like he was just kind of there. It could have been any villain, which sucks. Because I love Mads Mikkelsen yeah, as an it, actor. Man. It felt like his direction was, give us nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah, be as like plain as possible. Like, it, yeah, I'm, I'm right That's there with bummer. you in terms of I would have I loved more out of Mads. And I think, to your point, right, of like a lot of it was like kind of eh. Kinda eh. Um, I felt like it was like lacking energy in the movie. And I don't know if that was, you know, Harrison Ford, he is very old. Like, very, very old in this movie. Yeah. And then you also have Phoebe Waller-Bridges, who, like, I love Phoebe Waller-Bridges. I think she's fine in this movie, right? Like, yeah. I wouldn't say she's phenomenal. I wouldn't say she's bad. She's kind of just there. And for me, there wasn't a central element of the movie that kept the energy up, that kept me, like, engaged in everything that was happening. Yeah. Yeah, aside from that, I'd say if, if you don't really care about this franchise, this is not one I would recommend running out to theaters to go watch. Um, but if you are, like, a super fan... I think it's it's worth watching since it is not a complete trash fire. Yeah. Nick. Tim, you ever get invited to a party on the weekend and you're like, it's not that I don't want to go to the party. It's just that I kind of have an expectation of what the party's going to be. I've been to that party before. I like seeing my friends, right? But I could also just not go to the party. And then you go, no, I want to be a good friend. I'm going to go to the party. Sure enough, kind of exactly what you thought it was. And you get home and go, I didn't need to go to that party. I don't need to go. I have one of those this weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, that's, what this, that's what this movie kind of was for me, where I was like, best case scenario for me was I was like, this is going to be a trash fire, and we get to dunk on it, and we get to say lots of really funny things, and it's going to be entertaining, and the whole world is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull again, where we can all unanimously disagree that movie just did not work on so many different levels, from both with a visual standpoint, a storytelling standpoint, the acting was over the top, every, the, the action was boring and, and weird and CG. This movie is the opposite of that. It's actually very middle of the road, pretty good in points kind of boring in points um and so we have to be unfortunately professionals and be critical of it and talk about the virtues and the drawbacks of the movie um but overall i walked out and you know what i just smile on my face that the third act i think saves the movie they do something very creative um and i wish that they had figured out a way to figure out that energy earlier on because there's a moment at the very beginning of the movie where we're in new york city which i thought was beautifully realized and they're running around rooftops being chased by Nazis, and it's just fucking boring. I don't care. Harrison Ford on a on a on a horse riding through a, a parade for both should the moon landing cool and, a, and a Vietnam protest should be interesting, but it just didn't work. And I and I don't I can't really pinpoint why, other than it's it, it was for me it was kind of weird when it kicked off because I was like I really I I I miss. Again, going back to some of my earlier points for other movies that we've talked about, I miss when they have the other life. I miss when Harrison Ford was like the, the, the storied professor at a beautiful university and everyone loves him and it's like, that's his life, but nobody really knows he's like a superhero. Yeah, and in this one we found him broken and that's fine. It's, it was a choice, um, but it kind of dragged the movie down a lot for me uh, at the beginning of it, along with the flashbacks and a lot of the, some of the other stuff. But by the end of it, I got to say, I had a good time with Al Destiny. I think it was, I think that the third act saved it. And, uh, and I'm shocked that I could say this. And I'm happy that I can say this. It was leaps and bounds better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And that's kind of all that matters. Tim, what say you? 
We're all kind of in the exact same place with this. I had a good time with this movie. Definitely not a great time, but not a bad time whatsoever. The mm -hmm. last couple of weeks, we've been seeing a lot of movies. And during the flash, I had the moment. My, my heart rate was racing. I checked my watch. I'm like, oh my God, my BPM's going up. During Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, a record-breaking nine times I checked <laughs> my watch. I want to let everyone know, I checked my watch 13 times for this movie. Mm. Not a single one was because of my heart rate, though. I was just looking at yeah, the, the long time. Long like, yeah. How fucking long is this movie? I haven't checked my watch to be like, where are we in a movie this much ever? It is pretty boring at times. But when it's not boring... It grabs your attention. I feel like the rate at which it goes from like, eh, to like, ooh. I'm like, okay, cool. There's an entertaining film here. Sure. It's just kind of like not that special overall. Having said that, the third act, the stuff you guys are talking about, pretty cool. I didn't expect them to go into it as much as they did. And with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, like, the aliens are here was like kind of the big moment of the movie right. <laughs> yeah. and they did that so poorly whereas this one it's like hey motherfuckers it's time travel we're gonna time travel and we all know it's coming but what they do with it i'm like you know what that was kind of the best case scenario yeah. for an indiana jones badass <laughs> kind of worked. Really like, cool. it's pretty cool pretty cool right um so i was i was impressed with that stuff um there's something about just like the vision of the the film that i i just don't vibe with in terms of it felt like James Mangold was trying to make it look like one of the old movies, mm -hmm. um, which is a very stylistic choice. Um, a lot of the matte painting type stuff, but they weren't matte paintings. It was like emulating that, and I couldn't get that out of my head the entire time. I wanted it to look like Minority Report, as, just <laughs> lens flares all over the like place. Like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. but, but as much as I really didn't like this overly CG'd look of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I feel like I equally didn't like the look of this movie. Mm, like I, It just it didn't work for me. I feel like the art design of like the New York and the parade and stuff like that was cool. But the way it looked, the way it shot, mm -hmm. it felt faker to me. It felt as fake as the Kingdom of Crystal Skull yeah. CG, just different types yeah, of no, fake. I, I totally feel that. And it felt like it was emulating the old movies without actually like being the old movies. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I don't think it's that far off from any of the old movies. Like there, I was re-listening to some of our old thoughts on the, the other in reviews for Indiana Jones and like, I think this is in uh, in the conversation with the first trilogy. I, at the end of the day, I don't know that it's actually better than any of them, but like I don't think it's that far off. But I do think the runtime is one of the things that kind of pulls away and like brings it down a bit. Um, Phoebe Waller Bridgers, 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 Bridges, Bridges, Bridges. just Bridge, Phoebe Waller Bridge, Bridge. Yeah. Um, no, no S at all. Is there another Phoebe? No, not R. Is there another Phoebe? No, I thought so too. And I looked it up. So it stars Phoebe Waller Bridge. There's no. There's like a. Who's the other Phoebe? I know exactly who you're Phoebe thinking Phoebe Cates. Of. There's one that's a singer, I think. I'll look it up. Blonde Yo, hair. Yo, you're right. She's dating Bo Burnham. Blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> We're so bad. I always think they're the same person. Me like, too. Oh, yes. Okay, I know. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I always get them mixed. Oh, Chad's probably. Phoebe like Bridges. It. It's just Phoebe Bridges, right? Phoebe dating Bo Burnham. <laughs> Phoebe Bridges. Phoebe Bridges, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's crazy. Phoebe, Phoebe Waller yes. Bridge and then Phoebe, Phoebe Bridges. Bridgers. That's cool. so confusing. One of them is not as yeah. I would say she's a highlight of this film, but to Bless's point, she's not that special. So yeah. I don't know that this movie really has highlights as much as it just has a couple things. That I'm like, oh, that's nice. And I think a lot of it is Harrison Ford. He wanted to be here. Yeah. You could tell he wanted to be here. Mm -hmm. I just can't believe how old he is and yeah. that we're still watching him on screen and him. It, it feels weird. This movie's at odds with itself a little bit. I get like the flashback stuff and the aging actually didn't bother me. What bothered me more was how old they present him in the beginning of this movie. And he's old. We see him yeah. in the, an apartment and I've never seen a person this old on camera. And then 
to see that same guy an hour later doing some of the action scenes, I'm yeah. like, I just don't believe it. One thousand percent. When when they jump from the past stuff, right, and they have the de-aged uh, Harrison Ford, when they jump forward and you have <laughs> modern day Harrison Ford, at first I was like, did they age him up for this role? Because there's no way I'm like, there's no way he is this old. And so I think it was it was that jar- uh, jarring effect. But then also they start him off with his shirt off, and so it's like. It was just this weird thing of me of me immediately being like, oh, I'm about to watch a full movie of <laughs> of this old man being old. It, it's even more striking, Bless, whenever you get those scenes of him running away, and he's running like an old like you you see you see it, and it like oh man, it kind of just makes you think about your own mortality, oh, yeah, and it yeah. just really kind of makes you sad. And I like that though. Like I feel like him being old worked for me. It just stopped working when they stopped. Pretending he was old. Oh, dude, yeah. He, well, I've never seen somebody no sell a bullet <laughs> like, dude, like this up. dude in this movie. <laughs> like this man has had a bullet in him for about four hours yeah. in his just, chest. Yeah, and he's just chilling. And he's like, "Yeah, man, I don't know. I guess I'll die here." And Phoebe's like, "No, man, get out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I liked I liked some of this, and I think because it goes toward the theme of what the movie was about, right? Which is like, which is he is part of history at this point. We have. They, they make a good point of like showing you here's what's happening. The moon landing is happening, right? That's the future. We're in the future. Mm-hmm. And even people, you contrast his class in this versus his class in Last Crusade, where everyone's like, nobody this cares, guy's a old superstar. man. Yeah. And this one, they just they don't give a shit. Why? They literally interrupt the class to wheel in the future, yep. which is the moon landing, right? If I was him, I'd be like, hey, fucking kids, I saw a man melt in front of my eyes. <laughs> like, I have seen shit you don't, can't even believe. I mean, man. not in front of my eyes. I've seen fucking aliens. <laughs> yeah. I've seen an alien spacecraft take off from a, from a temple, right? Like, he's seen all these things. But, like, but I like that we kind of find him, you know, a little bit more broken and a little bit more, um, he's done. He's retiring. He's literally done, and, and he is beaten both mentally and physically, and he's had a lot of things happen with his family in the past, and we know he's getting a divorce when we start the, the movie off. So a lot of that stuff worked for me, and I do think they played into the fact that, like, there's a moment in the archives, right, when, when uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge has run away, and there's a gun, and it's the, it's the traditional shot we all have known and loved and seen and criticized in other movies, where you see the gun, you see the gun again, and you know he's going to hit the gun out of the or wait for the guy to turn around, grab the gun and punch him. And he tries to do that. And one of the Nazis just kind of grabs his arm and it's like, settle down old man. Yeah. And he's like, shit. And that happens multiple times until he gets like back in the suit. And then he has this amazing moment where he's all of a sudden he's a superhero and he can jump from tuck, tuck, to tuck, tuck, yeah. like in this, in the span of a thing, which that became kind of, that that's the moment yeah. where you start going, all right, this is whatever but we're back in this, but the Indiana Jones music was playing. So it was fucking cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I will say this. I liked Indian. I thought he, I thought Harrison Ford nailed this the role better this time than he did in Crystal Skull. And Crystal Skull, I think, um, unfortunately, they had a lot of people in his age bracket around him. And so when you're when you're looking at a whole action sequence that's happening with people in their 70s and 80s, it doesn't have the same energy as when you have Phoebe Bar Bridge. We have Teddy, who I loved. I love this kid, kid and he's all over the place and he's great. So that that youthful energy, along with like the with Boyd Holbrook, who I fucking love, Boyd Holbrook, and I love put him in he's more. The bad stuff, guy from bro. Logan, right? He's always the bad. Guy. Also the bad guy here, the like underling to Mads Mikkelsen, which like again, he's, yeah, Mads. Mads, no matter what, is fucking awesome. Mads, he's the I, white dude that isn't nine feet tall. Boyd yeah. Holbrook. That oh, yeah. dude was insane. Dude, I mean, legit. Seven foot two. Yo, shout out to the group of bad guys in yeah. this. Like, just fun. visually, like, what a great gang yeah, that's just yeah. catching, like, following them around. Where yeah. you're like, you look at them and you're like, yeah, not only are you bad guys, you're also debatably, if not explicitly, no, excuse me, no, explicitly, explicitly Nazis. Nazis. Yeah. And then also, it's like, this guy's a bully. Like, this guy's a oh, fucking yeah. bully, man. So, he is a bodybuilder who is seven foot two. Why did Jesus. he say the Dutch giant? That's his name. That's his name, bro. He's <laughs> the Dutch awesome. giant. 
Uh, he's great in this. Mads is great in this. There's a lot of great stuff in this movie, and there's a lot. I think they, I think they did a really good job of bringing this together as, as much as they could. I'll disagree with you just a little bit on the visual style. The city, New York City, looked weird and fake, and I think it's really hard to do to nail the period pieces when you're dealing with New York, right? I just came back from New York a month ago. I'm like, I, I know it doesn't look like that anymore. They did a serviceable job there, but what I loved about this is when they go to like Sicily. And they're actually in Sicily, right? Or they're actually in these, like, in Greece. They're actually in these places. That, to me, makes me, it, 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 it does draw back all the history of those franchises when they had to go, like, shoot, I think it was Tunisia for, uh, for Egypt uh, at the time and all that stuff. Because actually to go to these places and find these incredible locales and shoot action sequences there and just have fun. And so kudos to them for doing that because they could have very easily CG'd a lot of that stuff. But James Mangold was probably like, I got Harrison Ford. I got this great cast. I got, let's go to Greece. It's not even so much the, like, I, I agree with you, the physical locations, they were great, but I feel like everything had a filter on it. Everything was like no, yeah. made to look this weird way. Like the opening chase scenes specifically. Where that looked bloomy where, and weird. Where it's nighttime like and it's like they're, they're oh, the, you mean the Nazi the, sequence. The Nazi right. sequence. It's like, they're they're clearly in some ways dri actually driving a motorcycle <laughs> through grass and shit, but it's like, there's something about it that it looks like there's just layers. Like it looks like it was painting layers on top of each other. And I don't know what it was, but it really just took me out of it. Well, we can kick, we'll talk about that sequence when we kick off the plot. Um, but there's a lot in that, that one to unpack for sure, specifically the CG, the facial reconstruction stuff, which I feel like, man, I, it took me a solid 20 minutes past that sequence to recover from that because I hated it so much. Uh, I, I was very on and off scene to scene. And it was very hard for me to concentrate on the plot because it was just me thinking, oh, this one looks way better than yeah. the first time it looked. Like, oh, that looks this okay. This one, not, that's not so, so great. Good. Ooh, this angle with this lighting, incredible. Like, I feel like the CG, this is one of the, the best um, facial reconstruction de-aging things when it worked because I feel like it worked maybe 30% of the time. And when it did, it looked really damn good, granted, it was had to be incredibly well controlled because they had to have the right angle of lighting with the bounce light hitting them just perfectly. But the initial shot and the way that it opens up with the de-aging, that's where it's the most, holy shit, this is weird as hell. Because they're dealing with uh, the flashlight on his face and that's a lot of light that has to move and travel around. And that's really easy to look unnatural. And that's, I think, when it looked at its worst. And then... It'd get better, and then this other shot looked terrible, and then suddenly he'd turn and look at his friend and be like, hey, we're going to fucking do that thing. And it looked really weird because it didn't match up at all. Like, it was very hit and miss for me. Yeah, for me it was, um, it, I, I, saw, I knew it was coming. I see it, and I'm like, all right, that's fine. It's when he started talking that it really, really took me out of yep. it. And it's because, look, I, I, I love Harrison Ford. I love him in Shrinking. I think the man can do any. I think he's still got a lot left in him as far as being an actor. But he is older now. And not only does he look older, but he sounds older. So when, Har when, when a 33-year-old Harrison Ford opens his mouth and he has that slower manner of speaking that 80-year-olds have, it took me right out of it. I just, I literally saw right through the facial deconstruction was like, this looks like, it, it, it looks very, very fake. Um, and I just, and I know that you can't do this because it is Harrison Ford and it's, the, it's one of the two roles that made him fucking iconic. And we've already seen someone recast him in one of the other roles that made him iconic and it was, mixed, it was a mixed bag with Solo. But man, I just wish they could just cast younger actors because it's, just do it. Just cast the younger actor next time you got. Please, folks, we'll forgive you. It's okay. Really they don't yeah. have. They don't have to be Harrison Ford, but just find someone that's got. You don't even have to look like him. Just find someone that's got the swagger. And I again, let me call your attention to Exhibit A. 
Last Crusade starts with who, what does it start with? You guys remember the that flashback? Right? Flashback. Young who, Indy. And who's Indy? Not him. Wa- or not we. Joaquin Phoenix. River Phoenix is yeah. Indy, right? Oh he my looks gosh. Nothing like Harris. He's blonde for Christ's sake. And we're, they were just like River Phoenix. He's awesome. He's kind of dorky and and good looking, and he, he's perfect for Indiana Jones. Young Young Indiana Jones. We could have just done that in this one. It would have been okay. But I think the everyone gets this like they get super excited about we're gonna nail the facial stuff this time, and I just don't get it. It just it's just so. It takes you out of the movie, and it's got to cost more money than just grabbing a random up like up and comer from Hollywood and sticking them in this thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, we're gonna take a really quick ad break, but when we come back, we're getting into the plot, baby. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no question asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Shady Rays Independence Day sale is live right now. You can go to ShadyRays.com and get up to 50% off single pairs of sunglasses. You can try for yourself the Shades rated 5 stars by over 250,000 people. Again, that's ShadyRays.com JDRays.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's the plot, it's time for the plot now, time for the plot now, time for the plot. Wrong Harrison Ford movie. Wrong Harrison Ford movie. John Williams, man, it's just everything he does oh, great. So everything good. he does is great. I, I will dude. say, like, watching this movie, I was thinking about Star Wars the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was hard not to. You're just seeing Harrison Ford, and old Harrison Ford you, specifically, and I'm like, huh. Here's the thing, we just watch it, you couldn't, I, I, there's no amount of money you could pay me right now that would get me to correctly sing the indiana jones song you don't know you want me to sing it for you sing me one the first note bum bada bum bum bada bada yeah you're such a <laughs> hey man look john williams loves his trumpets what can he, i he say does. that's why i play trumpet what can you say ladies and gentlemen let's kick it off mm-hmm. indiana jones and the dial of destiny starts how all indiana jones movies should start with him fighting nazis that's oh, right yeah. he gets dragged out okay again we start off, and I'm like, oh, no, this is exactly how Crystal Skull started off. Do you guys remember that one? Mm-hmm. He gets dragged out of the, the boot. No. I mean, it was the fridge, yes, but he gets he's in the trunk of the car, and he's got the bag over his head. I'm like, oh, fuck, man. Did they not watch that last movie? Uh, but this one, they drag all the way up to the bell tower. I love this. This has a sense of kinetic energy, like like a lot of the other Indiana Jones movies where a lot of stuff going on. You got that Spielbergian camera work going on here where people are the blocking of all the side characters and are going, and everything's going crazy and it's nuts. And you're focused on this, they drive over this, oh no, it's this, this. And then they drag them up to the bell tower and they take off the hood. And who is it? It's the, the uh, Pixar's version of Indiana <laughs> Jones, right? Not good. Hate it. Could have been a great, this could have been a cool scene with him falling down the rungs with the noose. 
But every single time, I'm right with Andy. I was like, oh, that's pretty good there. Oh, that was, that was not so good. Oh, his face has wiggled a little bit there. Yeah. Just takes me out of it. I'm sure 40 years from now, when I don't have to do this job anymore, when they deep fake me and it's funnier and it doesn't make Tim roll his eyes, <laughs> it'll be, the technology will be there. But for right now, it is not there. They're going to have so much trouble capturing the, amounts of time, the amount of times that you look at me and move your lips. <laughs> like CG will never be able to recreate that. The real question is, will the CG be able to wink to you and without anyone Off seeing camera. it? Yeah. <laughs> will it still do that? Will it still go through the pro the, the tremendous processing power of yeah, I know. Right. Uh we should note Toby Jones is here as Basil Shaw. He is Which uh, you know what? Shout out to this guy, right? Arnold Zola from uh yeah. Winter Soldier and uh, Captain America and stuff. But like he belongs in Indiana Jones. Yeah, and I, I, I will say that to the, this movie's credit, I believed in yeah. their backstory. It's kind of that weird thing that Indiana Jones always does. Is like, well, actually, he also had this other friend, and they, they had a bunch of stories together, or whatever. And the kind of pitch of this movie of uh, Phoebe being this guy's daughter, and like that's the lineage of it all, could be shoehorned in. I don't think it was. I truly believe that this guy and Indiana Jones, of course, they went on an adventure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, all hell breaks loose. Of course, we are the Nazis are thinking they're winning, but we all know that this is the end of the war. This is when uh, presumably the Americans and the British are storming or, or creeping their way toward Berlin. Uh, we know that Hitler is looking for something that they have found now, which is not the Dial of Destiny. It is the spear that stabbed Christ Ants. when he was on uh, on the cross, which I believe they have made reference to before. In uh, when they were talking about some of the other relics in Last Crusade, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but they talk about, yeah, they've talked about that before. Uh, when they, I think specifically when they talked about the Grail, which is what caught Christ's blood after they stabbed him with the spear or whatever like that. Um, That's also know. called the Spear of Destiny, right? The Grail. No, no, the, the, the spear. No, it was, called, it was called something else. No, but Kevin's not wrong. That, yeah. That's why I couldn't remember the name of it, because it is called the Spear of Destiny, yeah. mm. which is wild. Mm. It looks like on Wikipedia, it's also called the Holy Lance. That's what they called it. Yeah. This. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sense. probably because calling it the Spear of Destiny and the Dial of Destiny yeah. would be really cool. Sounds like this. We got, is this like one of them Philosopher's Stone, Sorcerer's Stone type of moments? <laughs> no, that's just because the British have weird words. Oh, okay. And they don't understand what a toilet is. <laughs> they call it the loo. The loo. I knew the loo was coming. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm like, do you guys want to get in the elevator? And they just stare at you. What is an elevator? Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Lift. The lift. Mm, the lift. Can we get in the lift? You guys want to take the subway? What is that one of your American sandwiches? Sorry. We'll take the tube. It was one joke too far. Uh, <laughs> it was the best one, though. Yeah, it was good. It was real good. But it was too far, Blessing. You got to just, really like go like just, go, just go next stop. Oh, no. <laughs> stop. Uh, he escapes. They get Toby Jones, unfortunately. And Basil Shaw is like, I don't know what's going on. I'm a bird watcher. And I was like, what? here's how stupid I am. I spend a tremendous amount of time thinking how awesome the bird watcher is as a code name for someone. Oh, that is cool. That's cool, right? I like that. Like if we were secret agents and you were the bird watcher because you were the guy that follows everyone, I'm like, that's pretty fucking pretty cool. Sick. Put him in Dead Reckoning too. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Or, or yeah, anything. Fuck it, Toby Jones as the bird yeah. watcher. <laughs> uh, of course, we get introduced to uh, all the Nazis here, but not the least of which is Mads Mikkelsen, who plays Voller. Uh, he's got a couple names in this, but I think he, we'll call him Dr. Voller from now on, or just Mads, uh, as I like to call him, because that's his first name, and it's cool. And he is like, look, man, this 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 Lance, uh, it's a Pat fake. Mickelson's like, look, man. <laughs> look, <dude. laughs> yo, he's like, yo, homie. Yo, my this, guy. <laughs> this Lance is a fake. At the same time that uh, uh, Harrison Ford figures out it's a fake, he sneaks back onto the train, figures out it's a fake. Fun uh, editing here. I did really like, you, to your point about the Spielbergness of it all, Like I thought that this, so far, I was like, okay, cool, I'm into this. Um, me too. Uh, he goes, it's fake. And then he's like, well, do you want to go back and tell Hitler that it's fake? 
And he's like, well, someone should tell Hitler it's fake. He's like, well, we're, what we really have is this other thing. And I like the misdirect here. I like that we're thinking like, oh, it's, oh, it's about this lance. It's going to be this like all-powerful weapon, right? But it's not about that. It's about this other thing that everyone thought wasn't very important, which is called the Dial of Destiny or the Dial of Archimedes, uh, which is this half of a bigger dial that nobody knows what it does. But Archimedes was not a magician. He was a scientist. He was a mathematician. And they theorize that this thing has great power, but we're not quite sure what it does yet, I don't think. Uh, but Mads is like, look, I, th this is the thing I want. Like, we should take this to, we should figure this out. This could have helped us out a long I'm, time ago. I'm going to say this. I think the whole setup and plot for this whole Archimedes being, like, it's not magic. It's math. Like, this shit exists out there. I think it's the coolest setup and plot device of any of the Indiana Jones movies. Super cool. Like, I, I just love the idea that Mads Mikkelsen is like, look, you don't have to believe in, like, weird sort of, like, sorcery or anything like that. Mm -hmm. This is just, th th this is math, and this dude conquered, and math is never wrong. I love this whole setup, and... For like what this device is capable of and it's a classic indiana jones sort of misdirect right if you guys remember with the exception of kingdom of the crystal skull uh oh i should say with the exception of but i should say the ark of the Covenant, all the religious artifacts the ark of the covenant and uh the uh the chalice or the cup of christ they all come with a caveat right it's not exactly what you think and that's what i like about this too is like yeah. this thing is not magic it is math but does it work the way we want it to work, yeah. right? There's always a little catch with these mm -hmm. things. It's always a catch when you want the ultimate power. You get the ultimate power, but you can't, you can't leave. You can't cross over the thing with it. You got to stay in the thing yet. In, yeah. You know, exactly. Uh, anyway, this kicks off an awesome action sequence. Well, awesome is an interesting word. A, a train sequence, which an energetic if I'm being sequence. candid. elements. I liked it. I think I liked this. I think I would have candidly liked it a lot more if I hadn't seen another train sequence that had happened the day prior. Um, but I liked this. It has an energy to it. It's got, you've got bombs dropping off overhead. You've got the, the, the British or the American, I think it was the Brits, were invading mm -hmm. and they were shooting. This train has- The machine gun shit was fucking badass. Yeah. The turret shooting and the people on the side of the train and the shots of all of them just getting blown off. It was awesome. Creative. It, it yeah. felt, yeah, it felt really, really clever, and I feel like it was well shown, mm -hmm. and like it was exciting. Uh, they get the dial, of course. Hold on one sec, though. I got to call out, like- one of the most annoying things that I'm not sure Hollywood will, will ever figure out. Why can't they ever animate humans moving like humans do? When we see the far shot and Indiana Jones is running on the train and he's running like a fucking Woody from uh, Toy Story <laughs> and he jumps and in the most like it, it's like they hand animate these at, like as if they are animating a cartoon and I feel like Hollywood has struggled with this since the beginning of time. It's just like, how do we animate? Oh, that's supposed to be Tom Holland as Spider-Man when he lands. But suddenly he's like walking oddly. It's like, why can't we figure this shit out, dude? And like, I see him running down there jumping and gravity doesn't work like it should because yeah. he just jumps really fast. It's so annoying. We'll never figure it out. We'll never figure it out. Uh, but Mads figures it out and Mads heads up and he's like, I want the dial. And uh, Harrison does a switcheroo on him and then Mads... Gets murdered, dude, by a, by a tree branch. We gotta talk about this. The shot of the reveal of Mads on the top of the train coming through the smoke, bad fucking yeah. ass. Mm -hmm. Loved that. I was like, oh, here we go. Did not expect Mads to die here. Did not expect it for him to get hereditaried. This was insane. This fucking thing, just like knocking him off, was the most violent shit I've seen in quite a while. Yeah. So, like, did he? He survived that. Yeah, he survived it. That's insane. <laughs> the, so like it's aggressive. When that happens, and I know Mads is still the main villain, I'm awaiting the reveal. 
of I'm like travel. this crazy fucked up face. Yeah. But he's got like a helmet or like that's what a, like <laughs> there's a there's the scene where you first see him and i could have sworn he was gonna turn it was gonna be a fucking dent yeah because for a second it looked like there might have been something yeah. there and it turns and he's, or he's like fine. or like rami malik's sort of face mask thing that he had in uh in specter i was expecting some sort of facial sort of device yeah. to kind of like oh this is the villain that's how he looks or whatever it's totally fine the hit is so aggressive that yeah when you when they do reveal him and he looks fine I thought that the next reveal was going to be that he had a twin brother. Because <laughs> they got to that point where Indiana's yeah. like, oh, I know you. And he's like, I'm this person. And it's like, oh, okay, so you're going to reveal that you're a diff really a different person or you're a clone or something. I, I thought it was going to be time travel. I thought it was going to be the dial thing, mm. like, did some shit so that, like, that death didn't actually happen. Because that motherfucker should have died, oh, not no. just been injured. He no, his head would have been knocked off. Yeah. Like, yeah. Clean. <laughs> uh, of course, it's not. A, a, a fighter or a bomber, rather, bombs the bridge in front of them. They go, we got to jump. So they jump. And then when it gets to the shore, he's like, Indy, it sucks that you had to give him the dial. And he's like, did I give him the dial? And it turns out he'd put an old switcheroo on it, even though it was like, this thing's the size of half of a fucking bowling ball. Yeah. He's like, slide of hand. And this you know is, I, I mean? think, the worst scene, the worst face CG stuff when they're walking. During the day? Up the gray, yeah, uh, or good. up the grassy kind of hill, and they're kind of talking there. That's where it's like, it's really hard to capture Harrison Ford at that profile angle with whatever CG you're using. And it was... Also, it's it's jarring whenever we see real actors, real life human being actors, not matching with the audio dialogue because maybe they did something different in the studio when they mm -hmm. were doing ADR. And in, it's even more noticeable when it's a <laughs> a DH. It feels like it's not CG him. It like really yeah. feels like a detached voice. Yeah, very odd. From there, we cut back over to the future, ladies and gentlemen. Harrison Ford's living. I think in this the is where we get. Oh, we do get Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones and the worst font the choice. Worst <laughs> what, is, what a what choice. Is, what, was that an old reference or something? Not that I know of. What is this font choice, man? It was atrocious, dude. I, let me look at the logo. for No, I mean, it would be there, right? That's what I'm used to it being, which is just a clean sans serif font, right? <laughs> but that right, like, right above my left shoulder? <laughs> see, that, see that blessing? That's, That's what you have to look forward to in this kind of <laughs> That's the level of disrespect they get so, to you. Wait, hold on. Plus, what did you not notice? No, that, that this Nick was, and Andy. That this was the photo back there. Yeah. Oh, oh back there. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I thought when we brought it up earlier, you didn't no, notice. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. You noticed that they made yeah, me short. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, it's on rotation. That's no, oh, you, no, know it's what on it, rotation. you know what it reminded me of, Nick? Like, sometimes when you when Adobe bugs out mm -hmm. and it just changes <laughs> your, fonts, your fonts, I feel like they, they submitted this not realizing Adobe had updated and, like, bugged out and it was just random fonts. But you can tell, though, that somebody really stood by the decision because oh, they're like yeah. no 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 it's cool it's cool we're gonna use it for everything yeah. and they do they really do uh we get that we get the title and then we cut over to uh new york and this is in the 60s now i'm not sure what year it was i don't think they they said a year well, so here's oh, when's the, the moon land when's the moon launch the, 1970 a year earlier we know this from even Stevens. Even Stevens the musical. Oh, my Never God. Never go. yeah. forget, all right? Man. Uh, it is 1969, and uh, it's interesting to see Indy in 1969 because he <laughs> sleeps on his Barca lounger in the world's biggest boxers shirtless. Oh my God. Kevin, can you, uh, can you hit the sounder for me? Were they born, born in labs? Now it's time to rent those abs. <laughs> doing it god damn he's you can't hear him he's actually introing the segment everybody i hate this bit i fucking hate this bit the gate is not picking up in that fucking microphone 
<laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome, to, welcome back to Break Those Abs. I'm your co-host, Nick Scarpino, alongside Andy Cortez. Listen, we've we've talked a lot about Harrison Ford's elevated age, but if I could look like if I could have Harrison Ford's abs right now, his abs, his abs, current abs on me right now, I would. I thought he looked good, shirtless. Oh, dude, I thought I was real. like, damn, he, okay. good for him. Good, good for, for him. Good arms, I, good shoulders. I just, I said this earlier. This kind of feels like elder abuse to me. Like, I just feel like, don't put this man in this Oh, he wanted it, bro. Dude. He's been doing Pilates and know, shit. He man. wanted it. He I wanted don't it. know. Something about this felt really off to me. There's no way James Mangold was like, Harrison, we talked about this nude scene. And Harrison's like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with it. <laughs> no, he was like, I look jacked. I look good for my age. I'm going to get there and fucking show people that my shirt's off. Does he walk like he, all of his vertebrae are fused? That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he does. it's not just the look of it. It's, it's the overall sadness he's like, of it. <laughs> he walks like I walk after I've sat for two minutes too long. Which is like, oh, everything's yeah. compressed. Mm -hmm. But again, I think that's what we're supposed to feel. I think yeah. we're supposed to feel him like he's old. He's feeling his age. Oh, yeah. He's retired. Uh, of course, he looks at, he makes a cup of coffee. Uh, this, a band break, uh, you know, wakes him up. And he's like, shut the fuck up. It's too early. Shut up. And the guy's like, dude, it's moon day. It's moon, moon landing day. Bunch of hippies. And I, thought, I was like, that's good. That's, that's a great way of letting us know where we're at in time. Is the hippie goes, hey, man, we're landing on the fucking moon today. Shut up. We're and of course, he looks and we get a little uh, one moment where he kind of moves the coffee aside and it's divorce proceedings from Marion. And you're like, damn. That hits hard. Love Marion Ravenwood. I mean, that's not what he looks like Damn. now. I mean, still, I would take that right now. Yeah. Looks great, Honestly, this photo. I would still take that right now. He looks great. He was like really shredded in this movie. <laughs> one day, one day, if I'm when I'm super famous, when I'm super famous, mm -hmm. they're gonna catch me outside like that, right? They're gonna catch me with my shirt off, and someone's gonna throw up. They're just gonna go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's not too far. It's gonna it's, we know what the throw up would look like, Nick. <laughs> Mom, get the school nurse. All right. Uh, he has to go to class now, and this is just, this is a far, like I said, a far cry from the classes we've seen before, where he used to teach at. Like um, I forget what university he was at Columbia, or do we know? I can't remember. Uh, he was at for archaeology. Now he's at New York Upstate. State school, university. There's three people in this class, and nobody really gives a shit because there's a parade outside for the moon for the astronauts that are about to go to the moon. Uh, meanwhile, there's also a protest for Vietnam War, which is in full effect at this point. Uh, and so all this stuff's happening. The future is totally crazy to him, and he's trying to teach a story about Archimedes, who is this old school mathematician that had this dial that was uh, really really cool. And the only person in his class that gets it is Wombat, Phoebe Waller Bridge, and she's answering all of his questions. She's like, he did this, he did that, yada yada. An anagram for Phoebe Waller Bridge. Wombat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, of course, there's another person in his class that looks suspicious. Uh, she reports back to her command. She's a CIA agent. She reports back to command. And we see the big baddie here, Mads Mikkelsen, only his name's not Voller anymore. It's Dr. Schmidt or something like that. Uh, he has been sort of, he's been given a new identity by the United States government to work on uh, the rockets for the moon, uh, which he has helped them get. And this is very, very, unfortunately, very, very accurate to history. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we did, in fact, take a lot of the Nazi scientists and they did, in fact, help us work on a lot of this shit because the Nazis were really, really far ahead of us in rocket propulsion and had a lot of people theorize, what is it, Kevin, if they had gotten like another six months or a year, they would have had jets and we would have still been with, with propeller planes and we would have gotten destroyed. Huh. So interesting. And it's very interesting that he's very conflicted about this. Obviously, he's still a Nazi. We get uh, a, a great... He could be a little bit more, you know, subtle about it. <laughs> like, oh, he didn't he's like, you didn't win the war, by the way. <laughs> I, but I love that, right? I mean, you talk about, look, we, we had some criticisms of some other movies that talk about too much exposition, too much telling us what's scary, too much not telling us what's scary. Mads Mikkelsen, the second he asked that question to the, to the guy that comes to deliver his food, he's like, you fought in the war? They're like, oh, shit. 
what the fuck's he gonna say right now? And you're like, is he gonna be subtle about this? And he is not subtle at all. Mm-hmm. He's like, and he's German. And it's he's old enough so that you would see if you were if you were that person in the room, the guy delivering the food to him, you would know. You'd be like, this dude's got a thick German accent, and he's in his fifties, which means twenty years ago he was probably a Nazi, or at least in Germany or somewhat affiliated with this. It's a very I thought it was a very compelling moment there where he's like, yeah, I, I fought, I did fight, and I stormed. The, I forget what he said, but he was like, yeah, I was part of the first like infantry like stormed the beaches at Omaha or something like that. And he's like, we won the war. He's like, you didn't win the war. Hitler lost the war. And it's interesting. Because at first you go, oh, he's just being a Nazi asshole. But he's not. That's his plan. Hmm. Hitler, Hitler was the problem. That's what he sees. It wasn't the war. It wasn't the way. It was the way Hitler ran the war so, that he does not like. So, he lost it. So, um, you know, it, where would we put him on Naziness level with, like, the Red Skull from Captain America? Because Red um, Skull was like, oh, they're thinking too small. I want to kill, like, everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It's, I would put him, you know, like, like they both eventually mm-hmm. were like, ah, uh, oh yeah, we, yeah, we're part of like, you know, Hitler's Nazi regime, but actually, you know, fuck Hitler. We're going to like go, we're going to mm-hmm. take him over because we want more, even more. Like, I mean, to me, it's scarier because if you are a person that's like, yeah, I'm going to kill, I'm going to dethrone Hitler. You got some, you're scary. You're yeah. a scary motherfucker. Because at that point, it's not, you're following somebody. No, it's like. No, I believe in guy. this. I'm better even, than this dude. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, and I'm worse than him. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't follow Hitler. I believe in the cause. Like, yeah, okay, I'm about to you. see this shit all the way through. Gotcha. Oh, he even Which, has that's that, crazy. He even has that moment where he's like, "We had, I forget what it was, but he was like, the the the, the cause. Hitler fucked this up. It could, we could have been yeah. in power for a thousand years. We could have had an empire that was like a thousand years long, similar to like the Roman Empire. He's like, but it hadn't been for Hitler. So this guy's like a true believer. Yeah, I think in this. hating a people group so much that you're willing to figure out time travel is, is wild. <laughs> yeah, it's like another yeah. level of no, you are <laughs> dedicated to this. <laughs> and not just time travel, but time travel to the point where you're like, no, we're going to go back and win the war. See, time travel for all of us. Not being Nazis, I'd be like, I just go back and invest go back in and Apple. Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I go that far back, but like, you yeah. know, what I mean, it's like me, I would think about using it just for like personal gain, probably. I'm but this guy's not Hitler. I'm not doing baby Hitler. <laughs> You're not killing baby Hitler. No, I'm, I'm teen Hitler. God, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Let's yeah. throw hands. Yeah. At teen Hitler. <laughs> Come back. And here's what you, do. you travel back. And you go, Hitler, and you look at him, you're like, five, seven. Nope, go back a little farther. Hitler, five, five. <laughs> yeah, let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> right? Can, can somebody explain to me the math, too, on Mads Mikkelsen's age? Because, like, how many years before this was the end of World War Two? World War Two ended in four. Was it like, it's like a 35 five, I want to say? Because, like, the thing that confused me, and I could be in the wrong here, is that, like... Matt Mickelson should have been way older. That's what I thought. Yeah, Harrison well, yeah, Ford is... Because him and Harrison Ford. Yeah, because Harrison that's Ford weird. is so old, and well, Matt Mickelson looks the same. I I don't... Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Is Harrison Ford is the same age as he was... Good skincare. ...during the last Thanks crusade. skincare. Because remember, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was 1950s. They fought the Russians. It was the Cold War era. In Last Crusade, I think it was the very beginning of World War II. Yeah. Hitler had just come to power. He was signing books. Mm-hmm. They started burning books. So that was what was scary about that one because it was in the backdrop of this like massive Nazi army that was mobilizing, and specifically in Africa, but in in, uh, in like Northern Africa. But in this, it was like remember they go to Berlin. It's like everything's Hitler. This is the end of that. But that would only have been like maximum five years later. So he would if he was thirty then he would have been thirty five. I think they tried to de-age Mad so he was like twenty. But it doesn't. It didn't really work because he was yeah. really. He was supposed to look younger. Like him and but, Harrison Ford look like peers. Yeah, when they're on that train. Yeah. So so really, like I don't, it should have been we, battle these two old men. Was his hair a lot more dyed when he was younger? I don't recall. Harrison Ford. All hair, I think now of, all I can picture when I think of like how does Mads look in this movie is 
the gray. platinum gray hair, you yeah. know? Um, well, we see three Harrison Fords, right? We see him in the 40s. Presumably, we see him back in the 50s because he got a little more gray in his hair when he's arguing with, with oh, Shaw. Yeah. And, and Wombat sees him, and then we see him now. But, yeah, that kind of threw me for a loop, too. Hmm. That's why I was like, oh, maybe he time-traveled. Yeah. Because he doesn't. He only looks like maybe 20, 10, 15 years older. Yeah. But he should be minimum 65. Well, I guess if you're 65, that's, that's probably a look. You don't really start going off a hill old-wise until you're 40. I'll just say he's got good genes. Yeah, he's got great genes. He, he didn't really go out in the sun a whole lot. Yeah, clean, yeah. Clean. I mean, Orville, always in the sun. Yeah, he's always in that lab. Bad skin. Trying to figure out all those yeah. eugenics. Um, anyway, from there, uh, he's like, the president wants to see. He's like, fuck the president. I'm going after her. And he gets a call. And Boyd Holbrook's there, too. And Boyd Holbrook just, God bless him. He's such a good bad guy. He was the bad so guy in Sandman. He was good. great in that. Why isn't he in more stuff? He is. He was in Narcos, season one. Oh, two. you're he right. He was great in that. Oh, but he was the good guy. And, see, and he was good. Oh, shit. That's and, right. Yeah. Wow. I'm completely blanking on that. Good show. What a good show. Uh, yeah. Uh, they go, hey, we got, we got, we found out where Wombat is. We found, we found Holly Shaw. No, not Holly Shaw. Um, what's her first name? Oh, Helena. Helena Shaw. Um, she's at this university. We're going to track her down. She, meanwhile, tracks down Harrison Ford, who's been given a clock, who he gives to a person on the street because he's like, what the hell am I going to do with this ugly ass clock? Um, and, uh, she finds him in a bar and she's like, you don't recognize me. I'm, I'm, uh, Basil's daughter. I'm Wombat. And, uh, I, am just, I just want to help you find this style of destiny to complete dad's work. And she's just giving him a complete and total con job here. Uh, but he believes her and they go back to the archives and this is where it starts getting boring to me because the archives, she's like, did you really destroy it? He's like, no, I didn't destroy it. I just hid in the archives. And then we get the action sequence where the, where the Nazis just start randomly haphazardly killing everyone, which is to me i'm like oh all right we've 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 sort of like played our our trump card there with them kind of, murdering mass murdering this everyone. was the too many characters thing too many too characters. many people on screen right now we're not exactly sure who's where a lot of double crossing going on so it's kind of just like this isn't interesting not only that but we have the cia component where you're yeah. like who is this person it's and why much. is she in this and is she working for the government is she i guess she's her hit vogler's handler but like that's weird and we get what this I, is where we get the first glimpse at very old Harrison Ford not moving well. Yes. And it's jarring when it cuts to the body double because there's a noticeable change in energy. Oh, that dude is like a Taekwondo master. He's like all over the place. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, it. that's why it is so kind of jarring to see the two differences. I think this is uh, one of the first times we hear the, the iconic Indiana Jones theme song, Andy, which is... Can you give me one more note so I can think? Okay, hold on. Hold on. Misa, Misa Georgia. Continue on. Um, we do get a moment here where we're talking about, and I remembered to make a mental note of this. Uh, it's where Boyd Holbrook runs at him, and Harrison Ford takes a, I guess, semi-heavy ladder and just like. And kind of pushes it to Boyd Holbrook. And the reaction that, I mean, Boyd Holbrook, you want to talk about WDV perfection here. Sells helping it. him. Just sells it. Oh, it's all over. But he's, he's <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you know what I mean? It was so bad. Good self left. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I don't love this scene. It, it, to me, it's, it's too much of an escalation of action. It's not fun. It's not intriguing. It should have been a cat and mouse game between Indiana Jones, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and Boyd Holbrook. Should have been one person chasing him because to me this is insurmountable. They got a guy that's seven foot fucking two. They have thirteen people in this mm -hmm. office. They're willing to kill anyone. To me, it's just not that fun. We go. But there's to the also roof. not a whole lot of things to play with in this office. No, it's tight and small. Possible action sequences like 
I think the most action-y this gets is just knocking down a bunch of bookcases or whatever these filing cabinets are that just kind of topple right. down. Which we've seen in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, yeah. With, like, even the big warehouse and yeah. shit, and that shit mattered. Yeah. Um, that was, like, the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unfortunate because if they had been in the old university where they could have gone around this whole campus, it could have been a fun sequence, but it was not. Uh, oh, God, what's he doing? What's happening here? going on? Oh, man. Uh-oh. Oh, he's, try- oh, he's going to swap it out. Gregiana Jones is here. Oh, it's a LaCroix oh, for the he's hat. He's swapping out a LaCroix for two. Is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Oh, wow. Oh, he did it. Wow. Well done. Audio listeners. Well, that ended up well being done. helpful. This wow. is awesome for everybody. <laughs> That's, cool. That's great. Very impressive. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge gets away. Uh, Harrison Ford gets uh, abducted into this Con Ed truck, uh, but not very. He gets they, out. They handle him like such an old man. Oh, yeah. They're putting his, just, it's very so sad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He eventually breaks free, grabs a police horse, rides through. And this, this whole sequence should be fun, but it's, it's just kind of not. It's kind of falls flat for me. Uh, and, and it sucks because, like, it's cool as shit. Like, this should be cool. And, like, a lot of it should be cool. And I don't know that any of it was. Like, do you guys, bless, like, did you enjoy this? Like, are we talking about the part with the parade? Is the horse yeah. parade part? I thought it was fine. Yeah, like, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily memorable for me. This is where I started feeling like, ugh, yeah. I'm not digging what's happening right now this is like kind of the first inklings of those feelings yeah yeah it just it just did not work for me um unfortunately i think somewhere here we get a i don't know if we get the flashback here of of how he you know told her like hey if you need me call me or whatever and he just wasn't there for her. we get the whole argument with her when she or with his dad when she was younger and he's like oh you did remember you, that uh, i guess that was in the bar it was like you do remember that argument we had um where i promised to destroy the thing uh from here she's got a lot a of a uh, dial now right a lot of bilbo baggins vibes right there mm. with toby with old toby mm, yeah being like the, the, give me I, I don't want the, i gotta take the ring man give me that goddamn thing yeah. i'm harrison ford i'm gandalf give me yeah, the ring you know and he even talks about destroying it yeah like you can't destroy it you should destroy it. you gotta you gotta destroy it one, one thing that confused me the the black girl that was with the villain squad mm-hmm. was she the was she like the cia handler yeah. mason she was the yeah her name's mason she was cia okay was she great. was not technically a bad guy but she like just watched the bad guys kill people it's you know cia kind of mad yeah <laughs> just like, she like, a little bit mad. <laughs> i was so fucking confused it yeah. was very confusing and it was an element that was unfortunate and i don't know why she she, she didn't really serve too much of a purpose no. in yeah Probably total waste of a character out. cut like, it out that's right? that sucks like she um, seemed like a character that they started writing the script, and they were like, oh, yeah, eventually she's going to turn and be on Indy's side. And be on Indy's side. 100%. And they just never made it that far with yeah, the character. Never made it over there, which is unfortunate. Uh, from here, where do we go from here? Is that... Jeez. Well, we'll just skip ahead. We'll go over to Morocco, right? We'll go, I think we go to Casablanca. He figures out that she... Oh, he goes to Sala. He gets picked up by Sala. Oh, that's forget, right. Which yeah. is awesome. Mm-hmm. And Sala's like, uh, you know, I looked her up, and she's got she's got some ties to this dude, that this guy and his uh, his son who run this, these hotels over in Morocco. And, like, that's probably where she's going. And he divines that she actually is stealing the Dial of Destiny to sell mm-hmm. because she has sold stuff before and antiqu- antiquities before. So we get a great scene with him. Beautiful scene where he drops him off the airport. And he's like, I brought my passport, too. And he's like, look, this ain't that kind of thing. I'm not going out. It's not a grand adventure. I'm just going there to get this thing back. And then we're going home. And he's like, you need to save that. You got kids and all that stuff. And it's a beautiful moment. And the music swells. And then Indy almost gets hit by a car. He goes, the, you go get him, Indiana Jones. And it's just like, you know what? Hell yeah. Hell like, yeah. This is the type of retro sequel uh, to to old movies that, like, you got to have the parts. You got to have the fan service thing. And I feel like they did this right. Like, having the moment, we wanted to see him. Having them have some fun moments together. But then 
He doesn't stay with them, mm-hmm. so, like moves on. And this whole thing was like, I don't know, 45 seconds or something. Like, I just think it was like well done. Not every moment like this is well done in the movie, but I thought this one was. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to go back to that initial sort of like horse sequence and none of us really felt was awesome. And it there there's a lot of things about the original trilogy that are just, they're so quaint and so charming because you kind of understand the time that they were made and you appreciate what they were going for and you know that this movie is going to have far and away more, I guess, more. complicated action, right? Yeah. But that does not mean better action. And in this movie, sure, they can play a lot more with explosions and cars doing crazy stuff at weird ang- camera angles because it's all CG nowadays. But, like, th- there's still something so nice and charming about those old movies because that was also my first time really, really watching all three of them. And it kind of reminds me of the Rocky movies, watching the Rocky movies for the first time and being like, man, like this doesn't, this has so much character and heart in it. And that's what I feel like was missing for a decent amount of this movie. Yeah, I think there's like, there's something to be said about the setup and payoff that can work if you are, if you are working with the simplicity of something that is older or something that can be as complex as movies are now, right? Where, yeah, you have all the pieces with the horse and then the car and the other thing, right? And like, I feel like they had all the setup, but just none of the payoff where, yeah, there's, I can't, I, it's hard for me to even think about where that scene ended because I, like, yeah. there was I mean, no point where it's like, boom, dude, that happened. I, I didn't even remember this until you guys just said this. The scene ends with Indiana goddamn Jones riding a horse oh, into a the subway, subway right. dodging oh. multiple oh trains God. before having a pretty funny comedic beat of leaving the horse with someone in Here, the subway. Take, the, take my horse. But we faster. all forgot about that. Like, yeah. that's that's just the level of with just a lot happening that something cool like that meant nothing. Yeah, and yeah. I, I well, honestly, now that you mentioned that, the best part of it is Harrison Ford saying, here, hold my horse. Yeah. Because I, I want Indiana Jones to have that sort of silly demeanor on camera and regardless of what the action is it could be anything but you need to have that special sauce from indiana's line deliveries and the way he's reacting to what's happening and that that was kind of missing for me in this movie i think it was it was there a little bit we got glimpses of it right because harrison ford can still nail some of those comedic beats yeah but you just don't get you don't get the the reason Harrison Ford was, and I'm sorry, because I think I, people in the UK are probably a little confused what we're talking about right now. Tim meant he's running, he's riding through the tube. Oh, not the yeah, tube. Okay. Right. I don't want them right. thinking yeah. that Henry and Jones ran into, went into yeah. a hoagie sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a good call. Sorry and what he was that. riding was a, 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 a trotten, a trotten <laughs> beast. <laughs> <laughs> Bloodborne. <laughs> uh, um, uh, but you know, Harrison Ford. One of the reasons why I think he's so special as an actor, especially an action star, was that he was one of the few back in the day to really have a sense of bumbling vulnerability. And there's lots of times in the in the movies where they play that for such great moments. Uh, and he falls off the tank and gets stuck on the thing, and just is like. What the fuck? Like, doesn't know how to get yeah. off this thing, even though if you actually slow-mo, it's physically impossible that his bag went onto the tank thing. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. All this stuff, him falling, him doing all these things, more often than not, is like 51% capable, 49% luck that he survives any of these things. But that takes a specific, like, comedic ability and physicality that, unfortunately, he, he doesn't have a lot now anymore. But it has moments where we get a little Harrison Ford, you know, grumbly, like, and, that, and this is one of those. Yeah. He's like, hold my horse for like, uh, off we go. Onto the planes. This is where we get the flashback sequence. Sorry. Uh, this is where he sees him, his younger self in the reflection of the uh, first class seat that doesn't have a person next to it. <laughs> that was a different time back then. 
Am I right? You're right. People I'm just right. ripping heaters in first yeah. class. Uh, just darting it's it so up. So crazy. This, uh, this is a good example to me of them really feeling like they were trying to emulate the old movies vibe. Like the looking into the mirror and getting the flashback and then getting the other flashback out to uh, Phoebe after it. I was like, I enjoy this. I see what you're going for. It just feels weird in a modern movie. Like it didn't quite hit right. It felt more like an emulation than a like good version of it. Did we do we get the map here? I believe we do. The maps later. Is it later? The okay. map is when, uh, when they go to Greece. When they're together and they have the plan to to move on. So off we go. And oh, before he leaves, of course, I'm gonna get destroyed for this one. Sala's like, hey Andy, I found this. Gifts in the bag. Of course, it's got the khakis. It's got the khaki shirt. It's got the tie. It's got the whip. It's got the hat. It's got all the hallmarks of Indiana Jones's classic outfit. If you guys remember correctly, I railed on this. I railed on this in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Because I'm like, change this fucking outfit. The man does not wear the same thing for 70 years straight of his life. Why would you even need that? It was like, just change it a little bit. Disagree. Look at Mickey Mouse. I mean, fair. Fair. Both mm-hmm. Disney. But what I'll say is this, like, there's a reason why... Captain America, every single time we see him, same outfit, different, right? Same concept, iconic, blue, whatever. Sometimes it's sleeker, sometimes it's this, it's that. Just change it a little bit, guys. Give me a little something, right? It's weird that he shows up in Morocco and looks like a post off, like a postman. He's got the tie. He's this. It's weird. He looks like he's doing Indiana Jones cosplay. Am I crazy? Am I the only one that thought this? Oh, no, no. I, I'm with you. I thought, I yeah. thought you were about to say, oh, like, you're going to get a lot of shit for this because I thought you were going to say, I loved it this time. Oh, I did not like it yeah. this time. No, no, no. I'm with you. Yeah. It, it, it just, it, it... It's I've, one of those I've, things where I'm like, I get it, that's his, his adventure outfit. But in this, I'm like, I like seeing him do adventure in, like, the gray suit from New York because that's what you would wear during that time in New York. It's weird to me that he's like, I'm going to go to the middle of the desert in this hot, hot heat and bring a leather jacket with me. Very strange. Yeah. And it just didn't work for I me. I think with it, with it is, I think the delivery of it was kind of cheap. I, oh, yeah, I found it under my bed. It's like, what was it doing under your bed? Like, <laughs> why do you have his outfit under your bed? <laughs> like, if it was Indiana going like going back to his home and being like, all right, I gotta you know bring out the big guns and it's him busting out the whip or something. Then I'm like, all right, cool. Like even that, I'm like, whatever. But yeah, him just giving it to him, I'm like, all right, cool. Like whatever. The, the one defense of it is the line of him being like, go get him, Indiana Jones. It's like I like that that he is a fanboy of this guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, like but... he sees him as this character and he was keeping this outfit. But I agree, it didn't fully work. It and it didn't work, and I think largely because, and this is me just bringing a lot of my history with it. Look, I mean, I've been watching this movie since the '80s for the last like 40 freaking years, right? I've seen this costume over and over again. It fit then. I think it fit during the time period then of like him pre World War II, uh, being in the desert environment wearing these things. This kind of makes sense. That's what you would wear to be to go on an archaeological dig. Anyway, it was just a pair of pants and and this thing, and he just brought the jacket with him and, and had the fedora because people wore fedoras back then. In this time period. So I guess you could argue is the 60s. I guess people do still wear fedoras here, but it just it just sticks out. It, it's like um, it it just sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Not only that, but we go to Morocco, and when you see him in the bar with everyone else that's dressed in the bar in period stuff, it just looks really weird. It look it took me out of the movie like a piece of cosplay. Um, but anyway, we're there. The Waller Bridge is uh has started the the uh, um the bidding and the auction. We get to meet Teddy. Who is uh, learning how to fly planes with all the American pilot and British pilots that come through? That's cool. Hey, man. I kind of like it. A nice little setup yeah. payoff. Like, come on. I like this kid. I like the actor. I, I, I like everything about Teddy. Uh, giving Harrison- kids are difficult, right? Like kids difficult. In, in these movies, even in these movies, sometimes you're like, I don't know about this. This worked out. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, of course, Indiana Jones interrupts that. 
it's a it's it's weird. It's kind of a dad vibe where he's like, you gotta you come home with me right now, and everyone's like, what the fuck are you, dude? You're you're in such a dangerous situation right now. Do you not realize this old man? Uh, and then we get, you know, the the Voller shows up, everyone shows up, all of a sudden everyone's just there, right? Yeah. Indiana Jones uh, cracks the whip, uh, uh, and everyone pulls out the guns, which I thought was funny. Unfortunately, spoiled in the trailer, but decent beat. All hell breaks loose. They don't really get him out of this in any creative way other than him just sort of ducking and dodging, right? Uh, and then where does he go from here? I don't think Phoebe Waller-Bridge saves him. Eric Voss just texted me, please let me know that they've seen this, and it's the picture of you. <laughs> <laughs> in a blessing. God. <laughs> It's it's one of those things where like no good deed goes unpunished, right? I come here every day and I put my all in and I ask for nothing in return. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Back and all I get, all, I'm, all, I, I, I give you the shirt off my back, and all I get, Just all, all I get for that is it's the punished. fact that he's smiling so hard. <laughs> and Andy just there with his drink, <laughs> looking like a father and son. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for the fact. That a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, me, my friend Tyroot, and fr- oh, no, it was just me and my friend Tyroot went to a Justin Timberlake concert when he was doing the Future Sex Love Sounds uh, tour. And we saw him in San Jose or Concord, got to meet him, took so a picture of him. Ago. It was a long time ago. <laughs> got to meet him, took a picture with him, and then I composited a picture of Fran just like this into that picture. <laughs> I would be mad. But again, karma. Garbage. comes all the way around. It all Sometimes it around. travels 15 years to come yeah. back to the <laughs> Lord. Okay, I'll find that picture for you guys. The destiny travels in the front there it is. Uh, we somehow, <laughs> we're gone. They get the dial. Jeez, I'm really having, I'm blanking on what happens next. I believe here, the we, dial. I forget oh, who the no. dial goes. This is where we start like the, the little This is where seat. we start the, the car, car sequence, right? Car the the yeah. guy comes in, he's like, I'm in my pajamas. You used to be my ex-wife or whatever. That's right. We go on the car. You know sequence. what though? This scene, this this is why I was saying that I think she's kind of a highlight. I feel like this is where the momentum shifts from Indy being the focus to her being the focus, and I feel like they did a a good job with the economy of storytelling here. Of like, it sets it grounds her. We understand her background. Like up till this point in the movie, it's like, whose side are you on? I'm not really into this. Like you're saying one thing to Indy, but you're lying to him. It's clear. We don't. I don't like it. Whatever. Here it's like it all gives is given a sense of yeah. purpose and the 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 ex kind of coming to attack them with this crazy ass sword. I feel like Phil's in a background for her that I'm like, all of a sudden like, Oh shit, you're an adventurer and I'm rooting for yeah. you. I love that. She's not just a, a like uh, when I think of the, the, that sort of chart that kind of tells you where characters are like chaotic, neutral or whatever the hell. Like I love that. She's not just this, ultra protagonist that i thought she was gonna be i'm yeah. glad it added this little wrinkle and i think it makes sense for the actress as well like when they first introduced her in the movie i was like oh what what are you doing here like i only knew for you knew her from fleabag yeah and seeing her in fleabag and seeing who her character actually is in this movie makes complete sense like yeah. actually this is the kind of character that she would play absolutely and this sequence has some pretty neat moments i thought i i, I really enjoyed the uh, moments of switching the cars and yeah. like uh, p- pulling her away, like I thought it added a lot of tension and just kind of fun to this whole area. When uh, short round number two, like he comes up in the car, right, and like Indiana Jones comes up to uh, get in the driver's seat. The way they like switch around felt very video gaming. Yeah, where I was like, I, f- I feel like he just pressed triangle, <laughs> like yeah. they just yeah. switch spots in the car. <laughs> very cool. That's funny. Uh, yeah. I like the scene. I like the sequence. Again, I like where it was shot. I like the. I like all these things. I could have swore this was in Sicily, but I'm not. No, that's a different one. That's with the, the smaller Fiat. Um, love it. They end up 
unfortunately not. Uh, the bad guys get away. They get into a cool helicopter. They fly overhead as Indiana Jones is using gum to fix the tuk-tuk. Um, and we're getting to know these characters a little bit. We get to know Teddy a little bit here, too. Um, and he's like, look, uh, we got to go for the other piece of the dial. That's our only choice. Of course, they got to find the codex for the dial or something like that. Basically, guys, what, what I'm telling you is this. Mm -hmm. We have to get – there's a sword that you get. It's a dagger, right? And if you stand on a specific bluff and you look at the the relic of the that big ball that came from the sky, it'll show you exactly where the other thing is to get to the other thing, to get to the other thing, to get to the other thing. It's what we're at. Do you remember the theme song, Andy, maybe, of, for Indiana Jones? Would you like me to sing it for you, Andy? <laughs> really good yeah. <laughs> wow <laughs> great guys um off we go to greece he's like i got a guy we yeah. See, if i was funny i would have sang the indiana jones theme song right there in that moment yeah. because i ref we were referencing star wars right there mm -hmm. But I don't, don't I, actually I don't know. know the Indiana Jones theme song right now. I don't. <laughs> do, 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 there it is. God no, no, damn no, it, you guys dude. are wrong. It goes like this. Right? That's the one. Here's how, here's how bad my memory has been lately. I'm sitting next to Eric Voss. The Voss and, boss. And y'all are talking about Mission Impossible. And I go, when did you see it? He goes, yesterday. I was here in the theater with y'all. Mm -hmm. I was like, I did like a Raven Simone, that's so Raven, like like flashback. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I saw you walked in. I said hi to you. What is wrong with me that I don't remember that? Well, that is like, I don't know. To be fair, we saw two movies in a row that were both over two hours, one back to back in the same theater. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. You should, the way I react, we're walking. Me and Nick both leave the restroom. We're both walking in the theater, and Nick goes, you know, this movie's three hours and 20 minutes long. And I felt the most Shut. awake I have felt all week when I went, Shut the what? fuck up. No. Like, I like, I, like, I, I was Fear. startled, yeah. bro. <laughs> I was like, bro, I'm not, I'm just fucking. Weird. I have no idea how long. That's, like, that's the ex same exact reaction I had when we were on our way back from Summer Game Fest. Yeah. And, like, we're at the airport at 5 a.m. And uh, Greg's walking my direction. He's like, Flight got canceled. And I wasn't expecting that. And legitimately, like, I was freaked I, out. <laughs> I saw everything Bless had deflate from himself. Yeah. And then Greg follows it up immediately with like, what was it? He's like, hey, you want the two for five deal at a... Uh, at, uh, oh, at uh, Carl Jr.? At Carl's yeah, Jr. Carl Jr. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Greg. Love and then our flight mm -hmm. got delayed for five hours. Yeah, um, from here, we go over to Greece where we meet uh, Indy's friend who's got a cool boat. And that is none other than Antonio Manderas. Yes, it is. And it is. I'm like, fuck, I forgot he was in this movie. Kind of cool, right? That's awesome. Uh, he's got a crew of of, uh, of uh, sailors, divers, uh, and he's like, "Cool, I'll, I'll drive you out there." It's gonna Some be of them kind of sexy. I mean, a lot of nice we, abs the, going on. Can we talk about that one guy? What's up with it? Who the fuck, who the fuck is that? Who guy? the fuck's that guy? First off, where where, where did you get off, sir? Yeah, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that like this is a boat of just sexy dudes that maybe kiss each other sometimes, maybe don't. Mm. I feel like this was like a very kind of like just open boat. Where sure. like, like Pedro Pascal's I, yeah. character, the Viper. Yeah, yes. yeah. I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, everybody's yeah. just like, "Hey, man, we're just we're we're free living, pleasure boat, dude. We're free living." All I know is there's a moment where where they're going they go into the water for the first time, and there's one homo who's jacked out of his gourd, wearing those high uh, bathing suit pants like Bond used to wear in the '60s, and he's just got the perfect tattoos. And I was like, "I'll never beat that. <laughs> never, yeah. never." Yeah. Uh, I did not expect a scuba diving. Archaeological I loved it. heist. Yeah, it was oh, kind was of like cool. a like, oh, this is different, and I just I didn't see it coming, which like is pretty fun for this type of movie that I feel like we've seen a million times. Having said that, I've also played every Uncharted, so immediately yeah. I was like, this is Uncharted Four. Yep. 
I also like that eels were introduced as like the fear thing in so, this movie. So, dude, snakes of the water. So in, <laughs> yeah. but so not in. Because I'm like, I loved it. I love how they did it all. But it was one of those things when they when we first see it, and then they they lines of dialogue talking about these goddamn eels. I'm like, this is awesome. And then they had to say, they're all oh, they're, they're the snakes, snakes of the water. We fucking get it. Yeah. We know, guys. Well, you I, didn't need to say it. See, I love that line because Teddy goes, they look like snakes, and Harrison Ford goes, no, they don't. Don't say that. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, I, it's fine. But I, I'm used to them doing this kind of thing practically. I don't want to see him covered in snakes. It's kind of like the equivalent to Tom Cruise jumping out of a plane. Mm-hmm. I got to see Harrison Ford with centipedes all over mm-hmm. him. Or I just don't feel like the scene really sells itself. I, I wish, um, I wish they weren't just like super crazy fast erratic eels. Like that took away some of the tension to me. I wanted Indiana Jones to be reaching for whatever this thing is and have suddenly. Here's a fuckload of eels coming out, and you're like, oh my god, this is creepy mm-hmm. as hell. But it was like kind of too fast to really feel worried or freaked out by all of like the, it, the screen was just a blur yeah. of like hissing Eel. noises and like shit kind of flying at him. I wish it was like a bit slower and easier to kind of feel uh, feel, feel the, the eel. eel. <laughs> feel the Thank eel. you. Uh, either way, interesting that they have to have the air with them. They don't have tanks. They have to get the air threaded. Cool. Which I thought was cool. I was like, this is interesting, right? We know what's going to happen. Boat's going to pull up. But we knew it was going to happen, but it still made me feel kind of stressed. It did. Like, when they're up there and it's like that one homie just dies and drowns. There's nothing scarier than drowning. Yeah. Interesting, though. I had a thought. You it's cut, you cut one. Same thought. You have four cables. You randomly cut one. How do you not know? How do you know who that is? Could have been Indies. Could have been the most important person that had that piece of information that you needed. They just randomly cut one dude and then wheeled everyone else up. I was like, why not just wheel everyone so, up? So, look, this is uh, definitely, I, I just missed something somewhere. Why did they need Indy? They. Because there's were, multiple points in this movie. I'm like, why didn't you just shoot this motherfucker? Uh, dude, they, there's too many moments of like, why are you keeping him alive? I, why, you're shooting everybody you else in this scene. bookkeeper at you're, the you're not holding him for information. He's not somebody that you respect. He's just a dude that you could have killed and like they just... It's like the ultimate plot armor, and we get it, but... I think they wanted Helena, not Indy. Because I think she was, like, the, the, like the, the expert on the subject. Because she was the one that figured out, like, where... Like, I guess she kind of... I don't know. He's an expert. Helena. He's an expert. Well, they need the other half of the dial. Yeah. And they don't know where it is. Yeah. They need someone to guide him. It's always like that. They always got to get Indy, and Indy's the one that knows everything and speaks phobus language Whoa. or whatever their code, right? Uh, we did miss a part where we get a little backstory here. I went to the bathroom, but Tim filled me in. That uh, we have some B story here where Marion... Is leaving Indy because Indy's son Mutt died in the war. Uh, went to I guess, presumably Vietnam, um, despite his father telling him not to go. Great He's seen the horrors of war. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I didn't miss this scene because I would have liked to have seen it. It was yeah. good. Yeah, this was a highlight. Very touching moment from Harrison Ford and like him just showing off. Like I still got the goods, man. And yeah, I'm gonna yes. and I'm going to deliver a very tearful, choking back tears kind of like frog in my throat delivery. And I thought it was really damn good. And it, it made me feel. Yeah, made me, made me feel. The, the context of this one was uh, Helena was asking him, if you could go back in time, what would you change? What would you do? And he was like, I would stop my son from enlisting. Mm-hmm. And then they went through the conversation more of him explaining like he died there and he went there for the wrong reasons and didn't need to happen. And because he died, my wife, Marion, who is from the, the movies, my wife, um, she w- never got over the grief. Yeah, he wasn't able to console her. And he was like, and I was not able to be there for her the way I needed to, even though I tried and even though I wanted to, and that led to where we're at now. So it was just like, it was a really good explanation of, 
it all and also tying it into the dial itself and like kind of like giving like reasons for like what they're doing. I don't know. I thought that shit was pretty yeah. damn yeah. well done. And it explained what's up with Shia LaBeouf. Fair enough. My thing with like the airlines thing, right? Like if you cut the line from of air, do you drown immediately? Yeah. I mean, do you have whatever air is left in the line to suck in and then you get water? Because like they cut it and he immediately like fucking like started freaking out. I'm like, you. I feel like you can hold your breath for at least like you probably could. Have, I mean, also he was maybe. I mean, he was pretty far down there, but he was close enough to the surface to see the boat. You feel like he could have just done the old diver thing, exhale and just go up with you, his you breath. Guys, That's what I, I was thinking. I I didn't watch the movie, but from what you're explaining, like lines would have gone in, or water would have gone in the line, and you would have been breathing that in. Yeah, and like mm -hmm. you I think you might have nailed that. Accidentally breathed in a little water. Yeah, you know, and it's. I mean, you mm -hmm. choke, and if you're surrounded by water, you know. Science, science, science with Kev. Kevin, appreciate it, Kev. Um, from here we get pulled up, and Phoebe's like, uh, "Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play like I'm one of you. I'm gonna read this tablet for you, which is covered in wax, and it's cool, and it's this language that we, I've never heard of before, but she nailed it in 150 quid from uh, from Harrison Ford. And meanwhile, she, he's like, "What are you doing?" And she has a stick of dynamite on her. Did we see the dynamite beforehand? Yeah. Okay, good. I thought I was like, they must have set that up. So I was like, what? Because I yeah. go to the bathroom, I come back, I'm like, what the fuck? She yeah, that, that was the setup to them walking out. Like there, there was this whole scene of her kind of like flirting with some of the the hot guys on the boat. Um, and then she looked down and she was like looking through drawers and shit, and she saw dynamite. And then Indy came in and was like, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? Like, and she made some comment about like. Boom goes the dynamite. Oh, she didn't do that. I don't know what she did. But <laughs> Boom goes the dynamite. I'm going to blow you away. They, they walk outside, and that's when they have the conversation about the kid. I thought this Got was it. cool. Yeah. Um, I, I was not, like, a, I was expecting her to keep being a little little douchebag. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. And she's not. They get away. Um, they figure out that this tablet's not made of wax and wood. It's way too heavy. They melt it, and it's this dial of destiny that is, like, leads them to the other dial of destiny. This is actually a codex that tells them where the other one is, and it's in... It's it's in the I think it's in Greece or Athens. No, I can't remember what it was. Maybe Sicily. This might be where they go to Sicily. Yeah, it's where they go to Sicily. This is where we see the map. I think. Right. This is where and this is where we get the map. And then we get a moment that I don't love, which is that Mads Mikkelsen is just like they're going west, not east, and he just figures out somehow that they're going to Sicily. <laughs> I think okay, yeah, it's kind of weird. There's a lot of places in that country. It's not a small country. It's not a big country, but like. Big enough that I wouldn't know where the fuck you're going if you were just heading west. A lot of places west. Thank God they were able to get off that boat. Well, because like when yeah. they, you know, they do dynamite and exploded part of the boat. I'm like, they're stuck risky. there forever. Guy, move. Bad guys are done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we go over there. Uh, we get a little moment where Teddy gets made fun of by some Italian kids, so he robs one of them uh, as he does. So uh, uh, they, the other Harrison Ford and uh, Helena, figure out they got to go up into the to Troy's ear or whatever the hell it was called. Uh, Athens ear the ear of Archimedes whatever mm -hmm. it was which is a big cave over there they steal a wedding car they get up there oh Teddy's kidnapped uh, so they steal a wedding car a fiat again I'm preaching around. this part of the recap because this is where I started dozing off yeah uh, Mike did too no no that was yesterday sorry <laughs> my bad that was two days ago that was during that was during <laughs> uh, the uh, Dead Reckoning moment Wait, how do you fall asleep during that movie ask Roger because I just hear this. I see Mike. I look over. I see Mike. Mike's like, this is the greatest movie ever made, right? And then I'm like, cool. And then five minutes later, and I look over, and I lock eyes with Roger, who's sitting right across from Mike, and we just start laughing, and Mike goes, ah, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen, man. And I'm like, dude, you just fell asleep. It's hilarious. Even when he's not uh, asleep, I'm just, I, like, quiet sequences of Mission Impossible, I'm like, 
stop breathing loud, man. <laughs> like, what the I hell? I heard, wrong with I heard him snoring at his desk the other day. Yeah. And he has yes. he was standing up. He has a stand-up desk. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a horse. They just sleep standing. need help. <laughs> so, something's wrong. Um, so we chase around. We get up to the mountain. And she's like, listen... We got we got to trade. I'm dying inside. <laughs> That's what he always says. <laughs> That's what he always replies with. <laughs> uh, she's like, we got to go get the other half of the dial because we'll trade it for Teddy. If we get there first, we can beat him. We'll have leverage. Makes sense. They go. When this is where we start getting the temple exploration, right? We get the caves. They see the crescent moon up there. He's like, we got to climb. And Harrison Ford, great moment. She's like, what are you doing? And he goes. Just give me a minute, yeah. okay? I'm taking a second to realize that I'm... Cl- what the hell am I doing 40 feet above the air? Yeah. Doing all this stuff. Like, what's going on? Everything hurts. My vertebrae are all, like, yeah. whatever he says. This is and a great moment. Punched like those it. times. I think uh, this is about where I realized that I'm dozing off. I mm-hmm. stand up and I walk to the bathroom. Smart. Not because I need to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I just need to take a walk so get I can wake myself up. Yeah. And I come back and I mm-hmm. sit down. And I was good for the rest of the movie. So uh, we get the water displacement moment here. Uh, we get Teddy and the big guy get handcuffed together. Teddy ends up killing that big guy. Horrifying. Um, which is great. Dope but again, Mads Mikkelsen, just, just really quick to be like, leave him, man. Leave him, bro. Yeah. I don't need him. They fell in that little lo- river. Leave him. I love that Teddy was the one to take him out, too. Love it. In, like a very, in the smartest way possible. The big, it's like David versus Goliath, right? Yeah. Little tiny kid. Massive seven foot two Dutchman. And then I, I like the payoff of him being like, all right, reach, pull, reach, pull. Like taking, um, <laughs> learning how to swim. back to the, yeah, yeah, the swim. That was funny. Um, Harrison Ford and uh, I think they get the other half. I might of take the that dive. advice because I don't know how to swim. I don't know how to swim either. Yeah. Oh, Harrison Ford gets in a shootout here and gets shot. And Phoebe and Teddy, it's, Phoebe's like, we got to go back from him. Teddy's like, we are going back from him. I, have, I found the alternate way. He goes up. Uh, they bring Harrison Ford with them along with the full piece of the dial to which we go to the airport to start the third act of this film. Wait, who gets shot? Harrison Ford gets shot here. This is where he gets shot in the arm. I thought he got shot on the plane. No, he gets no. shot. He gets shot here, and they drag him onto the plane. He's been yeah. he's shot for a solid seven hours. Oh my yeah. god! Oh yeah, he was. That's my thing is I've never seen somebody no sell a bullet like this where he gets shot and it's like, oh shit! All right, cool. I'm right. shot in the shoulder. And for yeah, like seven hours, this man is bleeding out but never dies. You gotta assume that old as a ninety year old man, that is very impressive. You gotta assume that old blood is just like really sludgy and solid, more solid than liquid. It's very oh, it, like hard to bleed out. <laughs> yeah, clogged immediately. Yeah. Like, potted immediately. Um. Am I the only one that thinks, like, look, movie logic, if they don't die within the first 30 seconds of getting shot, they're going to be okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and if that he let, sucked. If he lived to get to the time, to the old Roman era, he's going to be fine. Well, man. that's why I was so mad about the Godzilla movie with uh, freaking Walter White. The first one? Yeah, it's a good one. When, when no, I, I was so mad in that moment because it's like, Walter White and his fucking, they, here they are, and they're, you know, they got hurt, but... They're we're, they're here in the doctor's office, and you're, you as a viewer are like, oh, they're gonna be okay. And then he dies like minutes later. Is like, what the fuck? Why would you do yeah. that? Why would you do that? <laughs> Happens like that. Best part of the movie. Um, this is a little weird, but she's like, hey, we see him loading him onto the plane. Uh, at this point, Voller and all of them have switched over to their Nazi gear, and like, here's the plan, everyone. We're gonna use this dial of destiny to find a temporal uh, rift in time. We're gonna go back to time. Fisher. Fisher. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. And we are going to use this to go back to uh, a specific time in the war where I can kill Hitler, take over. He goes, basically, I saw all the things that Hitler did wrong. I knew when they were happening, but I just didn't have enough power to stop him and tell him, like, don't do that. So now I'm just going to go back, kill Hitler, and take over for him and win the war. I expect somebody who's going to kill adult Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. I'm coming after 12-year-old Hitler. As long as he's not 12, taller than no. me. Okay. Well, yeah. if he's taller than me. I feel like at, at 15, you can fight back. And so, like, <laughs> so 15 is fair fight? Yeah, so that's yeah. a fair fight. I'm okay. fighting you at 15. That's cool. That's fine. I mean, I'm 43, so 15, it makes sense. We'll meet in the middle. Well, I'd kill a baby. You kill what? 
Keep going. Oh, Fair enough. Fling uh, uh, <laughs> in the ocean, you know. We get they uh, they put him onto the thing. Phoebe Waller Bridge. Instead of getting in the plane to follow them, goes. I'm going to get on the plane first. Teddy, can you fly the other plane? And this is where I'm like, what? what's the logic behind this? Why? No, I don't get it. I don't get it. I still don't get it. I don't. We needed it to the end so they could fly him back. It was a plot device that was poorly written and poorly conceived. But is what is there a logical reason for why there was two planes? No. I mean, I, mean, I would she, like like you needed some sort of escape plan, some yeah, sort of prayer. I think she was just like, yeah, start the plane so you can so we can escape. But then he followed. Maybe he saw her jump in. Was like, oh shit, maybe I'm, I gotta follow them now. See, I wish it had been like Teddy. This is too dangerous for you, and him like, no, I'm coming with you, no matter what. And having her go, okay, don't worry about it, and then run away. And him going, shit, I have to follow. And the only way I can follow is, oh, I'll, I'll hack into the plane over there and figure it out. But her telling him, can you fly one of those? And him being like, no, but I'll try, is bad for her character. That makes me think, wow, you're putting this kid's life in danger. He's never flown a plane before, and you're just okay with this? For what? A backup plan? For what? Are they going to fucking no, jump from plane on. to plane? What's going on here? We're Wait, going into the middle of the ocean. I think that in that moment, she's known him for a long time. You, you hear her talk about their past and how mm-hmm. she's been raising him this whole time. Uh, not raising, but you know what I mean. And big sister, she knows what he's capable of. And I think in that moment, she's like, "Can you fly that?" Because I want us to go fly after them. But then he just pieces out and runs off on his own. And she's like, "What the? F-? He's just gone. He mm-hmm. just left." And now I guess I got to get in the motorcycle and chase after the main plane because I don't know what the hell he's doing over there. Mm. Maybe. That's like the most logical thing. That <laughs> yeah. It was the, a little messy. Respect to the guy that's such a deep sleeper that he slept through a plane like lifting off. That's great. Yeah. yeah. For reals. It's, it's like that's a serious level of sleep right there. Huh. Which again, another convenient thing because the kid's like, you're like, how are they going to land? Oh, the pilot's in this plane. If he, it's very weird. I feel like if he got on the fo- phone with somebody and they coached him through it, he could land that plane. God damn it. I always thought that. Did <laughs> you guys know that I, I flew the Dark Star in Microsoft Flight Simulator, and I am one of the fastest men alive. Wow. Mm. Don't you guys know this? Understand that. Me and Tom Cruise. Me and T. Cruise. Uh, so from here, we go through the time rift, and uh, Harrison Ford's like, hey, man, this ain't going to go the way you want. Continental drift. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, continental drift. They have just didn't yet. know about it. He couldn't possibly have known about continental drift. <laughs> Which plays into his way. You don't know what time frame you're going to go. It turns out old Archimedes did fucking know, though. Harrison, shut up. It was a misdirect. Uh, they try to back out. It tries to abort. It doesn't work. People are bridged on board of the plane at this we point. We get sucked into the time We hole. get sucked through the time crack. And where do we pop out? And it looks awesome. It yes. does. Yeah. The visuals the of shot this, of yeah. it, like the, the, the rift and the fissure. Yeah, and then we really see the plane. It's like, okay, this is about to be sick. Really cool. Uh, love that it shuts off the engine, kills the plane, kills everything that goes through it that's electric. That's pretty cool. Uh, and, and he's like, there it is, man. Italy, 1941, except there's sails. And oh, God, this, ain't, this is 2,000 years ago. Shit, we went back to the original time of when the siege of Syracuse was happening. Not Syracuse, New York. Ah, good callback. There it is. Yeah. Funny callback. Uh, the other plane goes through, cuts through. We have, awesome. a, little, we have yeah. a moment where uh, they got to start both planes. And then... Because in that moment, I'm like, oh, wow, they did it. They, it did work. And he was right. Yep. Those are normal boats. And you start to get closer and closer, and they are not normal ships and I, it's just such it was kind of paced so perfectly to have reveal yeah. reveal reveal we missed a part a big part here uh, for the setup of this where when they look at the tomb of archimedes they see a propeller on the side of it oh, and he's yeah. wearing and he's wearing voler's oh. watch yeah which they Six made a seven. point of kind of they kind of showed it for a second you're like oh fuck he's Argonaut. wearing a watch chat we don't know whose watch it is well at this point we see voler put the watch on when he gets on the plane and you're like oh shit this is gonna work and oh shit they're gonna go back to like Archimedes has either I thought it was either going to be Voller's body that was in the tomb 
or they swapped watches. He lost his watch. I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to go back to Archimedes time. And I must have not caught Voller putting on the watch that shot. They did a moment where he opens up and you see the Nazi uniform and the watch is there and he takes it and he starts putting it on. I missed the watch. Because it was a lot cooler for me to see Archimedes pull the watch off of the dead body. Dead ass body, man. That thing is so badass. And that reveal of, like, oh, man, yeah, they've got propellers. Oh, yeah, there's a watch. That was the fucking, for me, that was probably one of the coolest parts. Yeah, I mean, especially since everyone's saying, oh, my God, they have dragons. Yeah. Yeah, right. Both sides think there's dragons. Neither side knows what's going on. But the Romans are like, shit, they got dragons. We got to beat the dragons. And then they just start getting gunned down by these Nazis. You're like, holy shit. It was sick. The Romans back off. Archimedes and the Greeks are um, saved. But the plane has crashed. He gets that. Uh, Harrison Ford's like, you know, dying. And so we we get this great scene where everything's done. And uh, Teddy and the other pilot land. And uh, Helen is like, you got to come with us. And up walks Archimedes. And he's like, you need to leave me here. I this want is to stay incredible. Here. It's nope. so awesome. <laughs> and this could have very easily not worked. <laughs> right? Like, if this had been done a few years back by maybe a less competent director, this would have been the cheesiest fucking thing you've ever seen in your life. But they nailed this. Nothing fucking cooler than, well, I mean, it's, it's, Archimedes had just, he'd picked up the dial as well. and The fully like, formed dial. And we saw the and dial on like, his workbench, like, not, not put together. And now understands, like, oh, my God, like, this will work eventually. And I, I was, like, tearing up of just, like, kind of hype and excitement and emotion in that moment of him saying, what year did you come from? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying 2,000 years, like, in, from now. Like, dude, this whole sequence is so Sick. badass, yeah. dude. <laughs> it was so cool and so creative and so well done that it made me wish that the rest, they had gotten yeah. here earlier yeah. and the rest of the movie had been, like, a Turtles oh. in Time adventure. That would have been cool. It really made me it made me think about that. I wish it would have been like, oh, the next Fisher's not for like a week or something like that, and we're stuck back here. Or we're stuck in Nazi Germany of that time, and old Harrison Ford gets to go back to Nazi Germany, which I thought could have been interesting too. All this raised a lot of really fun, interesting, imaginative moments for me that I was like, ah, it sucks that we got here two hours into this movie. But but you also just see like so much emotion from Archimedes and knowing that he is successful in what he's trying to figure out. And the math does work, and the things do compute, and... It's just cool seeing him like, oh, fuck, I do figure this out. And I don't know it now. Like, oh, it's so cool. That plus the earnestness of Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, wanting to stay and being like, holy cow, like, you are a legend. Like, you are actual history. And him actually showing, like, positive emotion to that I thought was powerful. Well, he has a great line where he goes, I've I've fantasized about this my whole life. Being able to come back and see a moment like this. I've studied it. I've... This is like a dream come true. Leave me here. But really what he's saying is I have nothing to go back for. Yeah. And of course, Helen is like, you got, you can go to come back for me and now for Teddy and your family, right? Um, there's a couple pieces here that I wanted to, don't want to gloss over. One is that Archimedes gives them back the fully formed dial because he realizes, and then it's told to us, that the dial is not a time travel device. It is a portal on both sides of time that only goes back to this specific moment. Why? Do you guys catch why? Was it because they wanted to be saved? They wanted to be saved. Yeah. Mm. He was like, I'm hoping that someone read this in history and comes back and gives us aid. And in doing so, brought the dragons back mm. that scared off mm. the Romans. It's a, it's a fucking wild. It was, an so it was like an infinite time type situation. Yes, very I much I didn't so. think about it on that level. Yeah. I thought he was just like trying. I, I, I just read it as like, oh, yeah, he's just trying to do anything to, to get saved or whatever. But yeah. when you explain it like that, that's actually really cool. It that's, was pretty weird. That's awesome. It's pretty crazy. And so that's why that, that specific date when, when he knew they were going to siege was like the date he programmed into it later because he knew it was going to work. And he knew that he'd already seen him come back. So he's like, oh, shit. Dang, yeah. Dang, I, yeah. I thought that's it was really literally cool. just like he just wanted to come back to him so that he would know this thing works. 
Yeah. Like that if he doesn't want to figure it out, when yeah. someone does figure it out, he'll eventually know, but that's way cool. Well, it's it's a throwaway line of exposition, and normally I would criticize this, but 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 Phoebe Waller-Bridge says like, oh, he did this. On, this, is, this, is all, this is the only place this comes to. Sick. This day on this spot, because he wanted help. He wanted someone to come save him. And I was like, fuck. And then Harrison Ford's like leaving. She goes, okay. Bah! Just knocks his old ass out. Yeah. Now, this man, this 80-year-old man, <laughs> has been punched by Nazis. Mm-hmm. He's been punched by uh, thieves a in Morocco. Wombat. Yeah. But the wombat knocks his ass out finally. Mm-hmm. You have to imagine it's the accumulation of a lot of hits. I feel like that plus the bleeding out from the bullet yeah. should have killed that. <laughs> yeah. He should be dead. <laughs> I mean, it's um, 89 and a half like years Danny old. Danny McBride and Pineapple Express. Like, I don't know if it's just like the blood loss or if I'm hallucinating. He <laughs> <laughs> like, just passes out. Uh, whatever. Um... Uh, from here, he wakes back up in New York present day. Uh, they've brought him back, and he's like, you should have left me there. And she, he's like, I, I have nothing to come back to. And she's like, come on, you do. And then in walks Sala, in walks the kids, in walks Teddy, and in walks Marion. And man, just shout out to Karen Allen. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for coming back. One last time, they have a great scene together. They mirror the scene that where you know he was hurt and she kissed here and he kissed here and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's super cute. These two actors have had great chemistry. They've probably been friends for a while, at least known each other for the better part of 50 years. And uh, I thought the scene worked, and we leave with uh, on the closing shot of his fedora hanging out because it was wet because uh, they had you know, been through an adventure together, and it's, uh, it closes on the, the iris wipe. Not so fast. He grabs it, swipes it back in, and then we close. And that is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And you said it great earlier. It's like it, you leave with a good taste in your mouth. Yeah. Uh, with the third actor, I think you said that part. But the third act stuff, it's like, yeah, this movie ended. I feel like all of us were like, hey, huh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hit us with that raggy baggy. Did it die? And did my thing die? I think your thing's dead. No, your thing's on. Ragu. Ragu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rag Guys Talk Bad Guys for the Indiana Jones series. Tim, hit us with that list. I will. I went back to listen to it, and the list is as follows. Number one is The Thuggy Cult from Temple of Doom. Awesome. Uh, number two is Tot and Bellic from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Love it. Number three is More Nazis and the Nazi Sympathizers from The Last Crusade. <laughs> and number four is just uh, a quote from Nick. Uh, remember how cool Kate Blanchett was in Thor Ragnarok <laughs> from uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Remember so, when she was in a good movie? Yeah. yeah Where do we want to rank Mads and, and the crew? Because, like, look, I feel like they're pretty high, if yeah. only because their archetype's dope. I feel like Mads, we want more from him because he's such a great actor, and him himself, is, the character was like, eh. Mm. But I feel like surrounding him with the giant guy and with the blondie guy, like, that shit was cool, man. Now, I, I liked all the writing around Mads, too. I, I, think, I, I think his motivations were there, him talking about how, yeah, I want to correct all of Hitler's mistakes. There's nothing more scary you can say than that, right, especially yeah. with time travel. Um, yeah, I liked him. I liked him a lot from the writing, even though, yeah, performance-wise, I would have loved a lot more. But he's still Mads Mikkelsen, so we did fine. I would, I would probably put him um, above the Nazis and the Nazi sympathizers from Last Crusade. So, I love that. So number three. So pretty much midway through. Underneath I could, Temple I could see of that. Demon Raiders. Because I think, yeah, I think the Raiders Nazis were psychotic. We had yeah. the guy, the little weird creepy guy with the, that carries a coat hanger wherever he goes. I mean, that, that's the kind of some fucking creepy shit right there. Yeah. Mads, I think, did everything he possibly could with the material given. He's scary and menacing because he's a man of science, and science doesn't have morals or logic it is just science and that's always scary and he's genius and he's got he doesn't the, i always like an actor that can be scary without the physicality of it but he wasn't that scary 
He was just interesting. I think to and me, that's okay. The, the thing that brings it down, like I feel like I would argue for him to be for them to be higher, but the fact that I just don't believe he didn't die, and they didn't try to explain that whatsoever, yeah. I think kind of really lessens him as a villain. And before also, before we solidify, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I also feel like I could have taken him in a, in a fight, like. Mads? Uh, Mads Mikkelsen in this movie. Yeah, like that character. He, but he so we've already established that you and I can't beat up a 14-year-old Hitler. <laughs> yeah, but the, <laughs> 13, I'll take out 13. Hitler. Okay, yeah, I'll take out 13-year-old Hitler. Guy. But uh, no, like I feel like his character in this movie needed the bodyguards. Because without those bodyguards, he was doing nothing. Like those multiple times where it looked like he was like blocking his face in fear because he didn't know what was about to happen. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's the, that's the character. Um, He's a mathematician, not a fighter. Uh, does True. it help at all that Boyd Holbrook's character is just named Clobber? It does. Hmm. I think it does. That's cool his whole name in this. Just says Clover. Yeah. Yeah. It's not on your screen, Nick. That's Zendaya. I don't know. This is the this is the this is the just IMDb.com. Why? What do you think about that? No, you okay? it's, it's the shot from that trailer where she's in that movie about threesomes and tests. Oh right, right, <laughs> and right. That, like the good shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what a shot. I didn't choose it. IMDb. Whoever <laughs> Nick slots computer the, and that's just sitting. Right. <laughs> whoever slots the carousel for IMDb picked it. Okay, <laughs> shut up, blessing. Uh, call me out. They know you're a fan. Bless. Where where would I'm you rank them? <laughs> It's tough because, like, you read through that list, and I cannot remember who any of those people are. Yeah. So I'm just going to agree with Andy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, Nick, are you with us, too? Yeah, I would say mid, mid too. Yeah, cool. Um, dial. Cool, now it's time to rank. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Kevin. You <laughs> <laughs> almost got a spit take from last <laughs> Um, All right, ranking Indiana Jones. Currently at number one, we have The Last Crusade. Number two, we have Raiders of the Lost Ark. Number three, Temple of Doom. And number four, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, I will start the bidding at four. I know that we, I know that we waffled a little bit on Temple of Doom, but the movie is iconic. It's the movie that most people think of when they think of Indiana Jones. And it was different than the rest of them. It was the one movie where he doesn't fight a Nazi, um, or a Nazi-esque regime like the Russians. Uh, I think it did a little bit, tried to be a little bit different, despite the fact that it's a bit of a sign of its time. And I think it's a more fun movie. And it's more iconic. I also put it in number four. I want to put it out there that I want to argue it higher. Like, mm -hmm. I really want to put it up there higher because I, I think that it's, it's in that conversation. I just think that I liked a lot of Temple of Doom. There's a lot of shit that I really, really didn't like. Listening back in the review, Bless, me and you both really agreed. The highs are higher in Temple of Doom than yeah. the rest of the franchise. But the lows are a lot lower. And so that makes it difficult. Um, so... I can't put it above it, so I'm going to stick with number four. I am going to put this at number... Oh man, I really want to say number three as well, just to be a little, little, see. A little different David, you know? Um, but I'm going to put it at number four as well. Yeah, I agree. I wish, um, I wish the movie was as, as good as like what the ending gave us here. Yeah, I think if the lows here were higher for this movie, then I could see it moving up above A Temple of Doom. But but yeah, when I think of Indiana Jones, when I think of the first, uh, I guess, four movies that we've seen, Temple of Doom does stick out to me more than the other ones. And maybe that's probably just because it's dynamically different. But mm -hmm. also the elements I think of are the things that stick out as like fucking cool, um, especially when you're talking about like the setting of that movie and a lot of the shit, a lot of like the darker shit they do, they do yeah. with that movie. Um, and yeah, like I think for me, the thing that sticks out about this last movie that we just saw, right? The dial, the dial of destiny is that third act. The third act is really good, but the rest of the movie still is kind of meh. You know, like I could have, I I can take it or leave it. If I had to rewatch one, uh, I'd probably rewatch Temple of Doom over Dial of Destiny. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm going number four. Yeah, fair enough. 
So there you have it, everybody. The rankings are number one, Last Crusade. Number two, Raiders of the Last Ark. Number three, Temple of Doom. Four, Dial of Destiny. And five, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Let us know what you think about Indiana Jones as a franchise um, in its relation to Wolfenstein and in its video game sales capacity. Um, and how excited you are for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Woo! Part 1, which the interview will be dropping in just a few short days for y'all. I can't wait for you to see that. Uh, but until next time, plus it's been a pleasure having you on an interview. Always something. How, how do I get on to Dead Reckoning Part Two? Um, you guys already recorded Part One. Right? Yeah, we did Part One. Yeah, we we'll figure that out. Yeah, whenever that movie happens in yeah, ten years. Five years. But yeah, uh, until next time, play us out, Andy. Mm-hmm.